0: Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast, episode 200. <laughs> we couldn't let this slip by without bringing out an absolute mega celeb. It's Mike Rouse aka retro gamer boy we're bringing him back because we want to know about collecting a full mega drive pal set this week i'm joined by rgt and mike who are retro gamer boys to my retro embryo how's it going very well thank you
1: i'm already stumped i don't know how i'm gonna handle doing the rest of this now it's
0: It's fine i've worked on that for over a decade i just knew it'd come (laughs) into play at one point in time (laughs) gentlemen it's absolutely great to have you here mike i must flock you with as much admiration and and wonderful wonderful praise as i can heap upon you in one go we've had some people on and i realized that you were sir mike rouse and a knighthood in the UCP realm was considered to be, I'd be next to God, really. But we've had other people on, and I've raised them up. Ashens came on, and I'm—I made him. I don't know. I got a little bit crazy. I made him a lord. As soon as I did that, I thought, "Hmm, that's disrespecting the other peers in the realm." It's time, <laughs> Marquis Rouse, rise. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very good, I'll, i, like I will call you sir Rouse, just freeze but just so you know you're the first marquis of the show oh
1: that's awesome that's amazing i i was i was thinking maybe cardinal might come up bishop uh oh, wow. something that can serve the community in some way
0: oh uh, you no. Nah. No, no no we lock no? you in a tower away where you can do your wild video <laughs> machinations you kunji <congy laughs> and magic uh to all those that obviously haven't listened to uh your three previous episodes that i think you've been on with us one of them wow. is the christmas smash mes- what's happened to my voice Schmisch- my Schmisch- mouth Schmisch- has Schmisch- been <laughs> inherited by cotton wool um the christmas special retro boy We had you on to talk about your new position at Antstream, and then prior to that, we had you on to talk about your gaming career, which, if people don't know, you've had a touchstone on pretty much every modern thing in gaming that people actually hold dear uh, you're going to say, oh, no, no, always nodding. Yes, yes, I have. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, I am that guy. Uh, I would say gaming's best-kept secret, so I implore everyone to go not only check your videos on YouTube, Retro Gamer Boy, but also dive deep into our back catalogue and actually find out why, quite what the humble yet decorated person you are. And... um not only do you work behind the scenes to make amazing things happen for us at AntStream now, we're providing us a full back catalog of games. You're also curating your own Mega Drive set, which people can watch you on YouTube. The the trials and tribulations of collecting. Um, now we'll part that there because we're going to get deep into the weeds on box variants. <laughs> you have gone <laughs> down <laughs> the <laughs> deepest, darkest of rabbit holes, sir. Uh, but fair play to you. Uh, in that crowd, you might think it's a misprint, but one of the guys on that Madden cover, that one particular Madden cover, has got his eyes closed. I'm buying it. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's Tippex spilt <laughs> on a box by a 15-year-old doing his maths homework. Like, okay, I don't know if it's a box, there, but as you were, sir. Um, gentlemen, as you know, Sir so Mike, thank you again for coming on. Obviously a glutton for punishment or a, or a big fan of pain. you um, here again. Um, so thank you. I must ask you, gentlemen, what have you been playing? Marquis Rouse, what games have you been playing over the Christmas period and maybe over the weekend?
1: Well, you know, I'm a quite a relevant person when it comes to gaming. So I'm playing Final Fantasy, the, the new recently released Final Fantasy remake, 7, Oh, uh, mm, mm. which I think was released, what, three years ago? It's uh, a new game. Yeah, it's new for me. <laughs> finally got around to playing it um so i am playing that i'm playing it with my son actually he's uh he's nine now and we we got into playing because i was playing final fantasy seven the original on the switch um and uh he was loving that and i said well there's the remake out we can have a look at that and he said no i just wanted to play this uh i, I said well let, let me get the remake got the remake switched on and he's like oh yeah let's play this one it's <laughs> and i can actually see what's going on i know um, i'm gonna
0: probably get a lot of hate for this but final fantasy 7 on the original ps1 yeah it, it, it it's a blocky mess and i can appreciate why a young kid might say do you know dad to get close to you i'm gonna look at this i'm gonna nod and smile and then you're gonna show me what real people on the tv screen versus lego um, yeah. <laughs> you, you,
1: well, you can't I'll tell you what, I, I didn't realise that Jesse in that game was a girl. Uh, oh, wow. I always thought it was a guy. So uh, <laughs> that's, what, that's how bad the graphics were. You <laughs> couldn't tell the gender of characters. <laughs> um, it was future-proofing itself. It was future-proofing itself, yes. Uh, so, playing that, uh, it's interesting. We'd we, we need another three hours of podcast to go through my thoughts on that game at the moment. I'm up and down with it at the moment. But I'm also playing, uh, and I've got the box here because otherwise I'll forget the name uh, Jesse Yeager in Cleopatra's Curse on the Sega Mega Drive and Genesis. Uh, it's a rogue, it's a rogue like, it's a Metroidvania like game. Uh, where you're going through ancient ancient tombs getting weapons to unlock new areas but uh, very cool indie developed game Mm. Uh, came out last year i think Uh, but yes finally got my copy um, from the states and uh, i'm playing through that it's excellent
0: how does the mega drive handle creating these is it a random generation of the levels do you know anything hmm. about the the workings behind the scenes, or is it the same stuff because it's a rogue like or is it just that you die and then you work through the same levels again more in a like so a it's
1: it's, it's more metrovania stuff like i think the the, the rogue the rogue like elements are um are kind of more the platformy elements or the navigation elements to it, but the structure of the levels are more are more metrovania right', right so let's okay. say it's a, a an open a massive map. Um, and it's got the classic blockers, right? You can see this part of the map, but you can't get to it because the ledge is too high. Oh, yeah. And you've got to go find the tool to, to kind of help you get past it. Um, so, but it, it's, it's, it's very, very good. Um, it's a, it's a good indie title. I think the problem with indie titles though, on the mega drive is that they're quite expensive. Mm. Um, you know, people we're spoiled with sport with a Nintendo switch with seven ninety nine indie title games. Yeah. Um, and, mm. uh, a lot of the mega drive games, are. are Know 60 70 pounds to buy there as much as a PlayStation 5 game, but is exactly. um,
3: so you think? Because it's like uh the physical versions, and cartridges and book, book yeah, and that sort of thing. Do you think that's you know it's probably quite an expensive thing to get a run of them in you know printed and, and developed and stuff? So do you reckon that's why the price is quite high? Do you think, or yeah, it's well, it's definitely definitely
1: the manufacturing cost because there's so few people making the hardware and mm. uh, plastic for it, so the costs are quite high. They're not you know, they're not um they haven't got reduced costs through volume. So, um, that, that's the, that's definitely part of the, that's probably the majority of the cost. Um, and then you've got these guys and girls that are making these games, uh, part time in their own time for like six or seven years. Mm. Uh, Um, you know, I know some people that are making these games and have sacrificed, uh, a quality of life, uh, for themselves to, to make these things. Um,
3: so do they need so, the original, like, dev kits? The original Sega dev kits for these? Or do no. They, you, can, you can make them on, on modern setups and then, you know, yeah. put
2: them up. Yeah,
3: okay. Yeah, there's just...
1: there's a guy that's produced a, a dev tool that allows you to do a lot of this stuff. Um, so it's, I mean, it's, it's not easy, but it's easier than it used to be.
0: Yeah. What would an original dev kit for a Mega Drive even look like? It's just got lots of lights and flicky buttons on it.
3: Looks like Knight Rider's wow. dashboard. I, I was going to say, yeah. it looks,
0: sounds like <laughs> Hal from Space
1: 2001. The Knight Rider reference is great, because if you've ever seen the Mega CD uh, dev kit, it looks exactly like it's been pulled out of Knight Rider, out of kit. Really? Um Yes. It's, it's, it's got yeah. shades
0: of it in its original, the Mega CD 1. It's got shades of it with those red and green flashing yeah. lights. You yeah. know, it's got that vibe. I just love that stack. I mean, I haven't got... I haven't got a full girthy stack like you, Mike. I've just got a maybe a, a semi-long stack. But you've got right. like, oh, you've got karaoke on it. You've got the whole bag of tricks. I've got everything on that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like in, oh no, you need a, a
3: Barra to take
0: it <laughs> I'm going to get into the we'll, all this good stuff coming out that we're going to have to push push. Yeah, what else have you been playing? Anything else? <laughs>
1: Those, those two have taken up my time. I am playing, um, so I got a, l- a little group of people that we, uh, called the Retro Refresh, uh, unimaginatively titled group of people. But, um, we have a game of the month that, um, we're playing, um, and we put it out to other people that kind of are interested in, uh, in what we play and ask them to join along with this. So we're playing Soul Reaver at the moment.
2: Mm-hmm. So I'm playing,
1: uh, Soul Reaver on the PlayStation 1. Last month, I think it was Hogs of War we were playing um so soul reaver this month on dreamcast or on playstation is, is what i'm working through as well but those but three how's games-
0: that how how i'd love to know your opinion on this because amy hennig from memory was a script writer for that game and mm-hmm. obviously we know that she's touched things along the way some great some maybe not so great but you know a narrative doesn't always survive the gameplay scenario to come out with this beautiful story but she always tries um that game i remember looking fantastic i was playing on dreamcast probably the xbox series x version of it at the time and i was just blown away by the ability to almost almost instantaneously switch between game worlds they were similar geometry and everything like that but they were different there was a bit of a palette swap and other things how's that holding up into your modern sensibilities
1: it's It's difficult, because difficult, I have rose-tinted glasses, mm. uh, like many of us that are kind of buying into our childhood or, or into our past, right? So um, I think if my son was to play it, um, he would struggle a lot, mm. um, because, you know, it was the early days of 3D, and so as game developers, we were um, testing. Uh, trying out things, right, and um, it, you know, those those types of games were uh, an attempt to use 3D in new ways to make platforming games, action platforming games, more interesting. Um, and there's a lot of things we got wrong. So, you know, like there's no in modern games we, there's a lot of things we take for granted like foreshadowing um like hey we're going to foreshadow where you go and we'll do it with some really nice narrative pieces like um lighting in the corner a blinking light there mm. and a sound going off and it yeah. it pulls you in that direction um that that era of gaming didn't have one the tech there or all the knowledge and so a lot of it was like right if you've beaten this boss right now try find where to go next and you'd end up just backtracking all the way back to the game, at the beginning of the you game would. again. Yeah. You'd, you'd missed somewhere. So um, I think apart from the obvious graphical um, differences, that was one of the big ones where I think if you were to play it now, you would struggle. And a lot of people struggle with those those games, early 3D games. It's like I navigation. think if memory
0: serves, I always found the... On Dreamcast, I can't speak for PlayStation necessarily, but the obviously it was one analog stick. So obviously the camera control was not mapped. Maybe it was mapped to the shoulders, if anything. Cho- yeah,
1: shoulder buttons. Yeah.
0: Yep. And that's to a modern, to a young kid or to someone who's sort of refined themselves through the evolution of gaming as a whole. Sometimes to switch back to that feels very cumbersome and almost yeah. unintuitive. Oh, it very much was. I think it wasn't mm-hmm. until PlayStation
1: three era where developers really understood camera yeah, uh, and how to use it. You know, I, I remember working on the getaway too and trying to make that camera work, you know, that was the first cover shooter, um, and trying to get that work with walls and, and how, how does the camera react with a wall and how do you control it? Um, it's really, it was it's tough. Yeah. Um, and now you've got procedural cameras that, that kind of uh, AI-generated cameras that can almost figure out how you're moving around things and predict where you want the camera to be. Oh, wow. Uh, so, AI's it, in my video game camera controls now? Yeah. Oh, of course. AI's been used for a lot. A rudimentary uh, amount of AI is always used. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> this is why he's Marquis? <laughs> I could listen. I don't. I don't want to rest our opportunity with you, but uh, RGT's got a pretty good agent, to be fair. So I have to ask him what he's what he's been playing.
3: <laughs> um, it's quite rare. Give Give
0: Mrs. RGT my love.
3: I hope certainly will. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah a bit bit random we um uh me and bald border from discord finished the quarry on our live stream uh last week um really enjoyed that um it's it's strange because at at times it looks really good you know and like i said before it's got that until dawn feel about it um But sometimes, graphically, it's, it's a bit random. You, there's, there was obviously issues there. Like there's a scene where you're in the lake and the water effects are really strange. They don't look quite right. I don't quite know what was going on there.
0: I think um, Mike, be able to, Mike might be able to speak to this, but that was a... What was that? <laughs> what was that a Google thing they had for a while? What was that called, gentlemen? I've forgotten. It was that great that streaming thing they had where you got the controller off the internet and they... Stadia. 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 For a minute. Well, the way you were both looking, then I thought, have I dreamt this whole <laughs> scenario? I, I was trying to link... Because you
1: said stream and you were talking about water. And I was like, what What water thing? But yeah, I was Google thinking doing? that. I was thinking
0: that. Oh. <laughs> and I wonder if the legacy of it being a streaming platform game, which obviously would have had... Um, bitmap interference not only from the streaming level but also the presentation of it on your screen and then obviously maybe even lost frames whether that was a something they'd coded in and then couldn't uncode and it would have been hidden much like the games were back in the day of crt by the interlacing and the streaming of a video off the internet that that's hey what do i know i can barely Mm. I can barely turn the p s five on yeah I'm coming out with these all these high ideas. who the devil am I, but do you think because it seems that particular scene has been quite egregiously mentioned a few times um by a few mm. people, and I just wonder if is there something in there that sort of says that this is where this is there that's there for this reason? Mike, can you speak for that
1: uh no.
0: That was a classic Bobby moment. We have a co-host called Bobby from America. You ask a really long, convoluted thing, and he's like, now. Nope.
1: No, That's all all the streaming tech is handled by the platform. It's nothing to do with the game. So you don't have to do anything with uh, modern streamed games at all, Um, all all handled by platform. So um, that would have just been... um, it's, I, I suspect what's happened there is they've run out of dev time and they've done something a bit A clip art splash. A clip art splash or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: It, it, it was strange. Wow. And, I, and there was a couple yeah. of times where you'd, you there was obviously a cut scene, um, two characters are talking, you look behind them in the window, uh, but the window would just be flicker and grey and black. There was no, you know, it looked so it hadn't quite been finished. But that was a rare you know, that didn't happen too often. Um, like I say, majority of the game looked good. Um, loved the story. Um, not what I was expecting at all. Obviously, mm. no spoilers in case anyone's playing it. But, yeah, really enjoyed that. Um, definitely going to have another playthrough. Quick quick question, you know. just
0: to intercede. Obviously, yep. we, were, we were a fan of Until Dawn. I thought that did some remarkable things. Then we had the sort of dark pictures anthology in between, which was a little mm-hmm. bit of hit and miss for me. Is mm. the quarry a return to form, or is it more of a continuation of the Dark Pictures anthology style? Um, it's
3: it's like they've followed on from Until Dawn. It's sort of their next, it's obviously not in story, but in the next way. Is it as good as Until Dawn? Um, personally, no. Mm. But I think just more because Until Dawn was a surprise when I played it. Whereas yes. this you sort of expected it to be. But if you if you like until dawn, then I think you've 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 got to play the quarry. I think it's it's you know, that sort of way again, um, keeping people alive, the story, you don't quite know what's gonna happen. Um, the odd few quick time events. Um and it's just it's just like playing a nineteen nineties teenage horror movie, you know. It's it's really wow. good. Yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah, I think if anything, I'd probably say it's a bit underrated story wise. I don't think people you know compliment it on the story enough but i really enjoyed that and that was a story arc that i did not expect as well so and there's some there's some big names in there as well you know you've got david arquette and um, that ariel winter as well is in there so there's some, there's some big names in there so uh, yeah definitely worth playing um also i've been playing for some reason don't ask me why i've been playing a lot of mario kart over christmas
0: um, classic classic hang on hang on hang on hang on that's wonderful very gamery and i love it but where's aquanauts holiday um son of a good, purple
3: um <laughs> i knew you were gonna say <laughs> poor mike's completely lost we'll explain after the show <laughs> uh, <laughs> um yeah i haven't played it yet i've been not. i will play, i promise i'll play it I
0: will. are you a fan of aquanauts holiday Never played it there you go. Of a purple yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mario i can relate
1: to mario me and my wife have been playing mario kart for every christmas for 23 years wow
0: yeah, well, yeah. Of I, mean, that, I does that does that go all the way back to the n64 then or were you playing the snes version all that time ago uh we played we did play the n64 version
1: but she didn't get on with that at all we played the it was the snes version all the way up until mario 8 really Uh, yeah she is so addicted she plays with my daughter they they probably put in about probably over a uh, probably over a thousand hours into mario kart 8 wow yeah
3: Wow. They play it every weekend. Every I can weekend. see why, though. I mean, I've been playing America and he's just
0: so addicted to that game. I mean... Such a good game. He's absolutely phenomenal. Um, She's raising like- that girl in your honour. You're <laughs> creating almost like the
1: ultimate athlete. I, ref- I refuse to play with them because they beat me all the time. And my my pride as a as a gamer is... is You know, I used to be like, yeah, let's all play together. Oh, I'm easy going to win this. Oh, maybe I'll even let them win a couple. Now... I'm
0: struggling uh, to, to, ev- to even make it into the top eight. This is why uh, you should have crushed them then, because they're not giving yes. you that same foresight that, they, that you not. gave them on the way up the ladder.
1: No, they're, <laughs> they're, they're ruthless. My wife won't let our kids win anything. Uh, that's it, you lost. Life lesson learned, and you're going to learn it multiple times <laughs> until <you> get better.
2: <laughs> wow. so then snatches yeah.
0: the sandwich out of the hand. Should have been quicker. Yes. <laughs> now you're going to starve. <laughs> nothing will motivate you quicker than hunger speak to your soft touch father he might give you a i don't know half a ginsters <laughs> <laughs> wow okay so um yeah what uh, else?
3: Well, um, well just quickly go back to America i i we had a challenge we have the challenge accepted on our discord which is done by digital Monkey, and it was the baby park level you had to do it as quick the seven laps as quick as you could which got really competitive um i was nowhere near i was about. i think i had done 56 seconds i think whereas Ginge from the Discord came in about two days before the uh, <laughs> tournament was over. Never played Mario Kart. Straight in, 50 seconds, Bosh, done, of one. See you later, guys. Straight out. Uh, My adoptive a- red-haired child? Yes, your adoptive son, yeah. He- what he does he win in. for that? Nothing, bragging rights. <sighs>
0: every month i try and give him something and you refuse to let me i can't pay him the csa payments or any alimony <laughs> i just want to give him maybe like a coaster, a coaster. <laughs> um,
3: yeah but anyway yeah so that just got me playing it. and then because obviously you can't do that level on the wii u version which i've done most of my plan on the wii u and so then i started on the switch went down a rabbit hole and before you know i'm trying to get first place and all the stars on every track and hours later, but I'm mm. still playing it, but loving that. Um, you're going to love this one, George. It's a simulator. I've been oh, playing. Hold up. Yeah. And this is something I never thought I would play.
0: G1 jockey.
3: No, I've done. I've done I'm done with the G1. You know that. Um, Power wash. <laughs> <laughs> Power wash simulator. <laughs> i with a g1 okay well i'm with a g1 yeah power power wash simulator I'd never wow thought, i'd never thought i'd play that game and the only reason i downloaded it was on the playstation stars you obviously have to one of the criteria you, you download one of the games that month so i pinged that up started playing it five hours later i'm upgrading my gear and
0: <laughs> i'm washing down people's quads I, and i have played and, that but i do find it quite it's quite a relaxing game. Yes, and very, yes. it's It looks quite nice with its, I think the cool kids call it like that sort of Vauxhall art style. That's, mm. And I don't mean the makers of the Nova or the Astro <laughs> or maybe even a Cavalier. I'm talking V-O-X-E-L. I might have spelled that wrong. But one thing I did get quite annoyed with is I was cleaning and I was thinking, I'm not, this is clean. This is clean clean i've sprayed this area oh and then off. i realized there was a little button that showed you and there yeah. was a pixel on the bottom yeah. of the wing mirror the harshest critic ever not even a sergeant major is <laughs> going to come in no you clean for three hours solid because you missed a full yeah. stop under a, a wing mirror Are
3: it's you proper kidding? ocd yeah it's <laughs> uh you have to get every area yeah um but yeah i, I quite enjoyed that i end up spending not half a day just drifting away, cleaning different things and upgrading stuff. So, yeah, really enjoyed that. A um, bit more. Just, I, I, I tried to play it. Mm. I honestly tried
1: to play it, but I fell asleep <laughs> multiple times. Proper bloke. Yeah, yeah, I, I just... I, I'm, maybe it's my age, but I was cleaning the van. You know, you start off with the van. Yeah. So I couldn't even get past the van. and I didn't even get one side done. I was... I was, I was wow. I was, Oh, and my son was watching it because I'd bigged it up to him. I said, this is brilliant. Your mum's going to love this. Uh, let's play it. And I think I'd finished half a door and he, and I, I, he, he pushed me and I am st- sat there and the spray's just shooting up in the air. <laughs> <I fall> <laughs> I'm like, "Don't okay, well, I'll carry on. I think I managed to get the, another quarter done around the, the wheel arch and I fell asleep again, just spraying the wheel. <laughs> my son left the room and I'd slept for 45 minutes spraying this wheel in the same place. <laughs> So, uh, now, that's a
3: relaxing game. That's wow. a
1: relaxing game, yeah. <laughs> Practically <Perhaps laughs> been
0: lobotomised by it. Yes. <laughs> RGT, were you lobotomized or were you sur- surfing the hard edge of adrenaline?
3: Oh, I-, I wouldn't say I was surfing the hard edge of adrenaline, but I was definitely relaxed. I was not quite as relaxed as Mike, but <laughs> I was relaxed. No. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I played more... You know, E A F C twenty four more career mode. Won't go into that. You know, standard bits and pieces. Um, Halo two, um, which I did finish. I mean, obviously, I've, I've missed a lot of the Xbox exclusives. I've been going back, playing them on original hardware. Um, and I was going to start Halo three, and I suddenly remember I could not remember the second half of Halo two. I don't know why. I just completely, I don't know why it didn't stick with me. I couldn't remember what happened. So I thought, well, while I am off, I am going to start playing that. I am about two thirds of the way through. Love and playing that again.
0: Oh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant game. Um, what is it about two that sort of sings to you? Because I, after one, I found two to be a lot tighter narrative and a lot sort of more honed experience. You were more funneled, whereas Halo 1 would often give you these big areas to play in. Yeah, definitely. The first half of Halo 2, you're very much funneled through the ship down onto earth you feel like you're in interactive battle and this is not to decry it but if you start to peer around the corners you realize that you are being very directed to oh yeah definitely yeah yeah and it felt like a different game for that reason obviously later on it opens up a little bit more and starts to restore some of the some of the former gameplay experiences but did you find that a positive or a negative? All this time on um,
3: this f- first time I played Halo Two, like I say, I don't, I don't know why I can't remember the second half of the game. But the first time I played it, I didn't like it as much as one. I preferred mm. Halo One. Um, but now I'm playing a second time. I think what I re- yes, it is a bit more linear than the open as it was before. Um, but I think I like it because you're you're swapping characters a bit as well, which I like. I think that's something a bit different. So I like as the story has continued on and, and I think yeah. they have linked it up quite well. That's what I'm enjoying, I think. Um, but I just want to get on to Halo 3, which I was, I was hoping to play on because, blessing, him, uh, Boba Loba, our community manager, sent me the Halo Master Chief collection from a Series X. But as you've probably all seen on Discord, I've had a lot of troubles with my Series X controller. Which has now got to go back, so I'll probably be playing Halo Three on what's
0: original the, hardware. I popped in and and saw you all handbags and glad rags about your Xbox controller, and I thought, mm. what is all this? And I thought, oh, I don't want to know. It's all kicking off in there. What what actually have you done to it? <laughs> 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 uh, no, I've
3: done nothing to it. I hadn't played my series X for a series extra. I don't weeks.
0: think the Xbox customer service department listens. What have you done? Spilt a drink in it? Been sick in it? What, what's no, been going on it?
3: No, nothing. I just. Um, Honest,
0: governor, I just took, I just looked at it. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, nothing to <laughs> it do with me,
3: <laughs> No, I just t- I turned on, you know, my Series X from the controller, which was fine, and then after about thirty seconds, kept disconnecting the controller. Charged it, yes, yeah, so all we'll charged up. The thing, um, well, that's batteries in it.
0: Put new batteries in. Um, Were you that, using like Duracell? all the brands oh, yeah. are available you or were we use we're you using like sting readies or something like that <laughs> sting readies no <laughs>
3: duracells tried all brand new batteries everything could not get it to connect so then luckily enough bo blober come on in the uh, xbox expert he is and just said right try getting another couple of controllers to connect to make sure it's not the hardware in the you know this wow so you went 150
0: cells. quid deep on new controllers to prove it. No, was
3: no 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 oh. no used xbox one controllers um link them up up fine. They work fine on there. So it's obviously a fault of the controller. But the I won't mention the the company I bought the Series X from, which I got new about eight months ago, have told me no, you can't change it because it's out of warranty. Um, which I thought eight months was a bit tight on a brand new system. But um Bob has got me to go through Microsoft, so I shall be exchanging it straight with Microsoft for a new controller.
0: Many, many questions here, but I'm gonna let them lie. Um, yeah. I'm, um, I'm I'm worried of time
3: yes um, and just quickly I've played um, I was just started just a couple of days ago Star Ocean Divine Force mm. uh,
0: this the isn't business. your cup of tea but for some reason you've been attracted to this
3: yeah I've never been into the sort of JRPG sort of things that's why I sort of missed a lot on Final Fantasy's first time around but ever since I played Harvest Stella, I've been trying to get you know, I feel I've missed out on so much with these great games come from japan and that's so i'm really trying and since i played other stellar so you're from japan
0: up, or the games are from japan The games right. i'm definitely
3: not <laughs> you might um, be well um so i've been playing that and i'm so, blind. so far i've enjoyed <laughs> it <Yeah. laughs> i've enjoyed it quite a lot <laughs> oh dear um yeah so it's it's okay so far it's quite a good story um graphically it's Mm. it's okay you know i think it's another one of the uh, square enix have gone for a bit of knocking out a lot of games that made but more i wouldn't say low budget but they've done a lot of these games like harvestella star ocean you know where they've sort of done these smaller stories I know, a more some compact, could argue a little style. bit
0: of a sort of strange skew for them instead of maybe it's wise if you can speak to this mike they've kind of Spread their bets in a way over the last twelve-month period, especially mm. it's a very busy release window for them. Yeah, recently. whereas a lot of maybe other developers are probably putting all their eggs in one basket. Is this a shrewd move by them, or backed up by some sort of weird idea it of hit. using their old franchises a little bit, and then also peppering those out with things like Harvestella?
1: It, it's a it's a smart way to make a tough budget year. Uh, go further i think uh often yeah. mm. when you see this it 's um it 's a way of spending less on development um but still putting out a a, a quality product especially mm. if you're leaning on um mm. you 're leaning on uh legacy legacy IP. Uh, and of course the indie t- title stuff, right. Um, the indie stuff is there's now degrees of indie. You can get an indie title that costs $50 million yeah. or you can get an indie, And I think, um, that's something that square have leaned on a bit, kind of like, um, team 17 started to do, but on a bigger scale, yeah. you know, team 17 started to push out a lot of those indie titles. Um, it's like square Enix do the next level up of indies, you know, the rich indies they seem to do. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's that. I think it's basically it's a it's it's a great way to deal with not having to drop 100 million, 200 million on a massive, massive uh, title. I, Final, the Final Fantasy games are, are close to a billion dollars each, right? So um, yeah, wow, it's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. Um,
3: yeah, wages I mean- for an episode, RGT. Yeah. <laughs> oh. was they're going up inflation wow um, <laughs> we'll, we'll speak about that after the show um, Mumsy, fetching me the scalpel
0: and maybe <laughs> something to numb the pain I don't know what. maybe a cosh <laughs> so I have to sell that other liver I've only got one <laughs> So what have they? What's the other three of the things they've taken? I don't even know how I'm even alive. But there you go. <laughs> as long as you get paid RGT, we're all good. Exactly. Is that your gaming Christmas smorgasbord laid out like a plate of cheese and crackers and grapes and all these accoutrements? Uh, or is there is there one more little? There was one more. I was blue player. cheese it is, stuck and it around the back random. of
3: your teeth. Okay. It's random. Um, stunt car racer. Amiga. Often. Oh, <laughs> Jeff Craman's stunt car racer. Stunt car racing, yeah. I, I had that on the Spectrum back in the day. And, oh. Well, actually, I've actually been... I've actually been yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine what, uh,
0: Yeah. I had it on ST and it hey. was a, a flip book. It's, I yeah. can't imagine.
3: One frame per second is underrated, I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, uh, it my A500, the planet on the A five hundred got the little mini console, so I've got that out and been playing. And you were sending me one of those for Christmas,
0: loaded with all my favourite games. What? 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 Post strike or something? Or I'd I never remember saying that, but oh, um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's yeah, it's another one of those promises I've forgotten. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, yes, yeah, so I've been. My, really my friend that makes episode.
1: that console. He designed and made that console.
3: Really? Yeah, It's he's, very, uh, it's very he's, good.
1: He's actually the um, licensing director at Anstream as well, but yeah, he's uh, he's got a number. He's got some other projects in the uh, in in the sidelines which are very. Did he cool.
0: do the C sixty four one as well? He did do that as yeah, well. Yeah, I've got both there. Does, does that mean? Are you anyone? kind of hinting to me, Mike, that beyond all sensibility and logical and business sense, he's making an Atari ST mini? Um. I don't think so.
1: <laughs>
0: no. No. That would be,
1: I mean, he'd sell like six copies. Yeah, I was thinking uh, one, to be one for me, me fair, one for me, fair. mom. <laughs> the, the, the ST community would probably spend so much money on them. He'd make mm-hmm. his money back. And then some, uh, I would but,
3: be there
0: uh, front and center. Yeah. Yeah,
3: um, The Amiga, the A five hundred one. I, don't know, I keep saying Amiga, I shouldn't call it Amiga because it's just an A five hundred. But it's it is very good. You know, you can put USB keyboard in. It comes with mouse. It comes with a sort of um, hybrid Amiga CD thirty two controller. It's and that's a good controller, very good controller um, for the money. That's a brilliant little thing. And then you can obviously add USB sticks on and your games, all legally, of course, um, adding to it. So you could you could get a proper. Can you get a zip little stick mic. for it? zip stick
0: yeah you know the classic what i would call a meager 16-bit ball i don't know how to describe this so uh,
3: like yeah i used to uh, use the
0: uh, competition plug. pros i used to use <laughs> oh really okay yeah
3: but it, well i think you'd have to go to um because they're USBs. so you'd have to go to would probably you know better like monster joysticks or someone like that who make the the custom joysticks with the USBs on you could use. I'm glad
0: we clarified they make gaming peripherals, because...
2: Stay
3: with us. We'll be right back.
0: Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At The Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres mechanics and make a new game every episode.
1: I've added permadeath.
0: We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation which could be House Flipper and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action-adventure. yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you, you have a construction off over the course of the, of the narrative. A construction off? The, yeah. way, the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now.
3: Bit of a... Anyway, that's all my games for this, this week. I don't think I'd be wanting to be Googling that blind. No, 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 no. Right, crack on.
0: <laughs> what have I been playing? Oh, goodness gracious me, I've kind of almost lost all...
3: If you say Anno.
0: Mike, oh, do you no. know about Anno?
3: Oh, God. What, the uh, the sim
1: building? Yeah. My wife loved it. It's my it's oh. favorite gaming series ever. And I love City Builders. Like, I play Civ 6, is it? Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll put... I look on my Switch, and I've got something like 400 hours in it. I swear I've only put in 6, but it reckons <laughs> I've got 400. But, uh, yeah, I love those City Builders. Anno 1602 and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Has,
0: she, has your wife, a.k.a. a woman that's now bumped right to the top of the people I fancy list,
1: is she playing?
0: <laughs> is she playing O eighteen hundred, or is she playing the older versions?
1: She hasn't played one of the modern versions. She's, I think she's on the 16, 1602, Is it? And sixteen oh two? But she has. Please. She has
0: got the modern version on there. Please get her an O eighteen hundred because if she's not played it, she will thank you. It is. If I hadn't already wasted hours of podcast listeners' time on Anno, I would go boof. We how many I would hours drop you, you in. Played? A, no, don't look at me. Don't even talk to me. I don't even want to know who you are. How
3: many hours have you played of that? Because you were before, I believe you were five or six hundred hours before. I right?
0: don't even know who you are. Come on. I'll tell you what else I've been playing. I've been playing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how many hours you've played. I need to that? check the save. It's got to the point where, you know. I don't even know anymore. And the weird thing is, I've done everything I can do. I've fixed everything I can fix, and I still load it up and just sit and stare into it. The music, the little people, you get the odd issue, which you can fix. I mean, I've been an absolute warmonger and crunched every single other NPC down to just one island, only for the fact that I can then extract some form of trade from them. (laughs)
2: <laughs> more of a I'm,
0: tyrant I'm an absolute devil but I'm having <laughs> the best this time um, what else have I played um, i tell you what I have what i decided to focus my time in on over Christmas was for Spoken on the PS5 what okay. a, what 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 is that because for me it's it's actually quite an interesting premise and an interesting game and almost like an 80s movie like labyrinth but then mm. the world is so vast and spread so wide that it's hard to enjoy any single part of it there's no singular focus moments of beauty out there in the deserted wasteland i know it's a deserted wasteland and it's been savage and everything but you would expect some point of singing even if it was like a hard-edged version of beauty you could sit and go like wow but it's a lot of acres of brown which is a shame um the enemy encounters are interesting it basically although it's a magic game i did find myself playing it like a like a 90s third person shooter game um mm. using spells as a substitute for for bullets which was interesting um did the first boss so then i got covid so i kind of fell off it a little bit but um, when i went back to it it's one of those games where the soft skills, the soft skill fade was quick and real. And I was like, I've got no idea what I'm doing with this controller anymore. Um, so I slowly started to grind back into it, but was finding very little narrative focus for driving me forward either. Um, there's lots of side missions, but they're delivered in a way where instead of wanting to help this poor innocent child, I just want to probably drop it off the nearest cliff. Um, (laughs) wow. Now, that's not to say... Now, you might say, George, let's put that in the summary pot and see what comes out and you say it's not a very good game. I don't think it's a bad game. I just think it's maybe an average game. Um, yeah, I played the
3: I played demo of it and I... Although I did quite enjoy it, I couldn't quite work out what it was trying to be. Does that make sense? I didn't... Was I it don't like know as if I tell it you, I tell you overworld? what it feels was
0: like. It? And I don't know oh. if I'm being wrong here or, you know, and if I'm speaking badly, you correct me for a moment. But you're a teenage girl thrown into an alternate universe. On the way in, there was a little bit of foreshadowing. Her favorite book was Alice in Wonderland. Okay, that, that's that's quite cool. I, I want to see where that goes. Alice in Wonderland's full of colour and interest and all that sort of stuff. When you get in there. She goes from being, I mean, she's a brazen youth with a bit of a criminal past in New York. As soon as she gets through to Athia, as I believe it's called, every other word is an F-bomb. Okay, who likes swearing? Kids like swearing. Okay, right, kids love swearing. What else does she do? Well, she manages to collect a floating cat or cats that sort of float along beside her. Who loves cats? That'd be wrong for me to say, but I would say girls love cats. Yeah, okay. What's the other thing you can collect? Nail polishes. Nail polishes. Hang on a minute. Wait, wait. I know that nail polish isn't intrinsically a, a female-focused product these days, but it's one that you would stereotypically lump in. And this game was developed in Japan. Mm, is this mm-hmm. game? Is this game? Is this game badly marketed in this country? In the West, is actually really almost like a almost like a, a teenage girl's demon souls bloodborne
3: oh maybe this i is... want to
0: float that out there I, know this is, I would love to see the design docs and see you know where did this idea because all these sort of disparate features in here i'm a gamer i saw it on the bus i'm a man i play playstation 5 here in the west yeah i shouldn't be playing these games because i should be out earning money from my family but i'm playing video games It didn't feel like a game that was directed at me when I played it, but from the advertising and the way it was like hooked into my demographic, it felt like it was another PlayStation 5 exclusive that was marketed here as almost like an Horizon, almost like a Mm. one of those big games. And it kind of it fell short of that in terms of its narrative delivery, but it delivered on something that I think I tried to get my daughter to play it, but she was having none of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is this game for you or no Dad it looks a bit drab and boring I'm going to talk my bedroom to watch Down Abbey for the eighth time like oh okay, <laughs> fine <laughs> um, so I don't know I don't know it's an, it's an interesting game I'm going to I'm going to go back to it because it's got some interesting things I want to kind of see through but I tell you what, the difficulty curve after the first boss went through the roof. I was really? Like, Whoa! Hang on a minute. I fought one of those before and struggled. Now you want me to face five? Are you kidding? Wow! <laughs> I have no more skills than I had when I struggled to beat one. And now I'm facing <sighs> five. I guess I've wandered into an area I'm not meant to be in, or it's got a lot more difficult. Who knows? Because there's no signpost. The other game that I've focused my time on, GTA five struggled with it for many many years
3: many years i always tried to get you to play that
0: it's an interesting story but it's a hell of a long narrative for the online game it's a hell of a long tutorial for the online game even the last couple of heist missions are tutorials for the online and i hate to say this i don't know if they smoke and mirrors you because you're (laughs) no i'm thinking about it george says rgt (laughs) <laughs> Sweating profusely <laughs> you're right it is no you're right yeah you're right even at the very end they're unlocking to you things that you will be using in the online and they hold them back from the one player game all the way until the end like, oh by the way here's another here's another new play mechanic what use would this be right now the devils <laughs> they're getting <laughs> revved up for the online aren't they I can smell it on their breath um so yeah interesting game heavily crooks towards making the online pay and do you know what it worked out because it's been in the charts for 10 years solid it's seen ps3 ps4 ps5 releases no doubt we will get remastered on the ps6 it's been on the <laughs> xboxes it's hoiled as this this great mastodon to be honest if GT6 doesn't come out and cure cancer, with the amount of money that they've made, I'd be surprised. It's mm. got to. It's almost got to. And they're gonna, they're gonna want over hundred books for that game. I'm putting it here now. 2025 prediction. That game is. They struggled with Red Dead. You could hear it in the gears as they grinded that game. They, you could hear the narrative of some of the key it sat directors.
3: It's something else as well. There's no Dan Hauser on GTA 6. So it's going to be interesting to see the narrative, the story, how well that's written. without I him. like to think, I mean, you think like, our, you know, Red Dead 2 and stories like that, it was brilliantly written. Great. I'd games. like so to, to think be
0: before he was la- allowed to leave contractually, whether these things are tied in. And one would think if you had the Hauser brothers. Tied down on a contract, one of them would be you got to finish what you got to finish your homework before you're allowed to walk out the door. That at least a draft script was prepared. Now mm. I know along the way they're probably doing ad hoc rewrites, they're throwing ad lib lines in, but you'd think the bulk of the narrative, you would hope, would exist as a line before they let him leave, and therefore maybe this could be that one last mm. howler magic. I don't know, but um, I wouldn't. Well, let, I,
1: I got a couple I, of friends that work on it. Oh. Uh, they started Ooh. six about what they say i think it's like four months before five wrapped up that's when they started six hang on a minute wow yeah that's... so what that what happens with um the rockstar teams is that it takes them a long time to make things because they move the teams to help stuff right so like red dead would have had the gta team rockstar north Working on Red Dead hmm. to to help get across the line. They, so they they basically move their teams to to help kind of finish things off or, or get things up. So um, they do long burn games. But yeah, six started like was it, I think it said like four months, was it three months. But anyway, it started while you know GTA Five was still going on. It's just a long burn. They have this long burn that goes on for a, you know almost decades wow.
0: to get these things going. Yeah, and. Do you know what? And one would imagine the payoff from that is real because once they switch to the HD universe, and people have complained about Rockstar's sort of game library getting more spread out as time goes on, and how we've seen so many different iterations of five. One would imagine that's probably quite an exhaustive thing because it feels, must feel like they announced GTA 6, it's still not out for another over a year. You've already been working on it for what feels like a decade, easily at this point. God, it must be so consuming. You must be seeing the animations in your sleep. You must be waking up sweating. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to go to work. What's up, darling? Can't believe you've got the Monday morning, please. <laughs> GTA 6, darling. I'm <laughs> Done with it. <laughs> why it, it's it's march 2012 you've barely put any time into it. <laughs> Even now 10 years on he's absolutely done um i'm excited to see gta 6 i mean who isn't i do believe when when red dead launched i think if memory serves and my memory is a little patchy they were pushing the whole we think games should be more we think games should be more narrative one wonders if that was foreshadowing or pepping the ground because they could afford to charge 200 quid for GTA 6, and I guarantee you it'd still be the best-selling game on planet Earth.
3: Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah especially, especially with the online side, if, if, you know, from what GTA I don't clients. know
0: why, but I was having a bath for the first time. Not that I don't wash, um, but I normally have a shower. <gasps> and, I, and maybe for the first time this year, I decided to indulge myself in the bath. I didn't feel very well.
3: I'm worried where this is going. <laughs> <clears throat> PG, carry on.
0: grow and monetize your podcast ready to get started click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today no it is pg and i sat there and thought to myself could they effectively charge 200 pound for a game i don't know what you think about when you i think this is what i think about when i'm laying in my flotation tank i thought to myself they could charge it for that or they could split it out and charge maybe 90 to 100 for the only the single-player component, and then the other part of it is sold Mm. as a bolt-on. But literally, these two, they're not joined unless you buy the 200-pound pack, and then they are, and it's all beautiful. Or you literally buy, boom, this filthy vanilla disc-only, half a game on a disc or maybe even four discs knowing them you know what they're like they're absolutely bonkers in a plastic throwaway clamshell boom there you go there's your money or you pay the 200 you maybe get a gta hat but then you get the online and the full hit i can see them doing something like that and i thought hmm there was a precedence for this with red dead as it evolved when mm. they separated the two out there's a precedence for this with gta 5 as it evolved and then they separated the two out that gives them carte blanche to launch GTA 6 as two separate entities. And maybe is this the time, Mike, question for you, is this the time where they could now split that universe off and say, or is this the death of the single player and they will create this online, almost Minecraft, permanently updated universe that will be GTA Online? Yeah, we've. I've been in teams where we've discussed this. I
1: was at 2K where we discussed doing this sort of thing, um, just having online-only worlds. I mean it's M- it's MMO but in uh, in a modern city setting, right? It really is. Yeah, that's that's essentially what, what we're talking about there. It's interesting where we talk about the price point, because you know, if you look at NBA, 2K NBA, um that's like I think it's the standard edition over a hundred for that one. No, you've got the standard standard edition, and then you've yeah. got the next standard edition, that's like a hundred and $20 or 120 pounds because sports fans will, will spend stupid monies. In fact, when I was there at 2K, um, the, the guy who runs that, um, team said they could, they could afford to give NBA away for free. They make so much money on, um, people buying in seasons and extra stuff. Wow. Um, my so, God, you know, I think it, it, it's interesting. I think they will be, they'll always have points of entry, um, for people, because not everyone can do 200, dollars, but um, it they may be more um aggressive with it. Um, so if you look at any game, any big game as well, you can buy like a 300 pound collector's edition, right? And yeah. there'll only be like 10,000. But what's stopping them from saying, Here's the collector's edition, it's 300 quid, but it's not limited to 10,000, it's two and a half million copies. Whoa, um, you know. You, they could do something like that. And I, ma- I imagine that's what they'll do. They have these kind of points of entry so that they can maximize. If they did they
0: that, a thousand future collectors 50 years from now just turned in their grave. So would yeah. you like my GTA <laughs> six statue? Do you like my 10 GTA six statues? <laughs> 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 oh, oh, well, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think to round all that out, that's all I've been playing. Um, I don't think I did much. Oh, no. Tell a lie. Very quickly, I played the Hunter Call of the Wild and Hunter the Angler. Very realistic games. I think I stood on a twig and scared off the only animal I saw in (laughs) tail.
2: Seriously?
0: Seriously. (laughs) Um, In Hunter the Angler, I think I caught several fish. Uh, But the one thing that sticks out in my mind is throwing out a uh, pop up rig for uh, a certain type of fish. And after 20 minutes of sitting there enjoying a cup of tea and staring into space, I thought, well, this is very realistic <laughs> and probably not quite what Did I wanted it? from my fishing game.
3: I know um, how you go all in, where you sitting in your living room in waders and a little, in a little
0: bivvy tent. Oh, mate. Well, the reason why I downloaded <laughs> those games <laughs> was because I was thinking, I wish, as I was playing through GTA, I wish this had hunting or fishing in it. That'd be great to get an RV and go up to the woods, park it up, sit outside, relax a little bit. Oh, I'll download some hunting and fishing games. Google, all oh, these ones seem to be reputably reputation quite good. Yeah, graphics, incredible. Yeah, download, download, play. Like I say, first time I stood on that twig, I was like, give me Trevor, give me the controller for Trevor. <laughs> <Done>. <laughs> he would just rip a moose's head off, wouldn't he, and wear it into town. Yeah. It? Uh, and that's how I felt. Um, with, <laughs> with all that said and done, sometimes my quest for realism probably um, isn't the right thing to do. I'm clicking on my 286 and I hope it's going to load up the script. I should know already because we've damn near done 200 episodes. Ah, seems like the Ray's infected my hard drive because instead of getting the news, I just keep getting pictures of Ray. <laughs> uh, here we are. We've the very darkest region of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up, Marquis Rouse declares, you know, when you're shooting down at the estate, you normally pull... Lots to see who goes first on the peg. Marquis Rouse has first peg rights. It's associated with his, his peerage. Uh, so, Sir Mike, first peg to you, sir.
1: Okay, then. Uh, we have check with your doctor before playing. The release of The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered is right around the corner. Lurking in the Darkness with Naughty Dogs enhanced re release creeping towards a PS5 launch on the 19th of January. One of the most intriguing aspects is the vaunted. Is that right? That's no return. Don't doubt yourself. You. You're sexy. Well, now. you know, I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a roguelike twist on gameplay, which one Naughty Dog developer has assured players is not for the faint of heart. Dell Walker, I know him, senior wow. character designer at the storage studio, took to Twitter to tease how successful the replayable roguelike survival mode can be with sounds good to us. I said that wrong. I should have said which sounds. No, no. Uh, Not recommended for the weak hearts, Walker warns. Uh, This no return mode, along with looking like a seriously compelling reason to return to Naughty Dog's bleak world, especially if you already own the base game, a £10 upgrade path, along with how surprisingly epic God of War Ragnarok Valhalla turned out to be, has us anticipating this release with much more than we expected. Even in a January as stacked as this.
0: Mm, it's interesting. Couple that. of news points there. I can't believe you know this Del Walker guy. Is, is he English? I don't think so. Just I Del. He's got sounds American- like he works some works no. in Croydon somewhere, doesn't
1: he? <laughs> uh, Del yeah, Walker. The, what, mate? <laughs> I, I got introduced to him, so we went, um, God, I know, maybe back in two thousand can't even remember. I got introduced. To, I went for a tour around Naughty Dog Studio, a very unsuspecting place, which is just like a you go into this building in the middle of a bleak looking area. And there's these black doors and one of them opens up into their office, uh, which then is uh, turns out there's a huge park in the middle of this building site, which is a lavish oasis well wow. uh, anyway, uh wow. I got I got uh to, to meet a lot of people from the team and uh, I got introduced. We're not best friends, uh we don't exchange cards or or um uh, gaming ideas, but uh, I did get introduced to him. Nice chap.
0: Nice, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, listeners. The Marquis Rouse. <laughs> he is the real deal. I'm starting to think Viceroy might not be a high enough title for this man. Um this sort of PlayStation guilty, guilty as charged, not guilty as charged, re-release of titles that we've already played or seen a million times. A millions probably a little harsh, but you know, at least two or three. Um, does the roguelite save it from this remastered sort of trap that they're putting themselves in? Is is adding this fresh level of something, something. RGT, you're a naughty dog fan, you've got a their logo on your inner thigh. Um, what else? What do you think about this? Will you be playing this? Or are, you, are you too scaredy boy for this?
3: No, I mean, Last of Us Part II I loved. It's such a phenomenal game, yeah. story-wise, emotionally, and graphically. I think the way you play, it's really good. Real step up from the first game, continues the story really well. Um, I can see me playing it again. Um, remastered. Um, I think they had to add something. I think they've sort of realized that keep remastering things. You need to give someone a reason to play again. So I think this add on sounds interesting. I'm not sure. A roguelike in it. I, I know they had, did they scrap their? They were doing the online game, that all got did. canned, didn't it? Um, what
0: I love about that is, is the alleged sort of story is that some guys from Destiny came down and went, yeah, that's never going to work. <laughs> mm. If I was at Naughty Dog, I'd be like, mm, yeah, well, your game doesn't look like it's doing that great either at the moment, so we might just release this anyway because people loved factions and this is, this is going to mm. be great. But they they panicked and that whole thing got nosed in the dirt, allegedly. Um, well, they confirmed it, it, it's done, but um, I wonder whether some elements have maybe survived into this faction, into this this roguelike element of it. I don't know. We, we'll never know what we possibly could have got, but if you think about the size of what they proposed and the man hours they must have put into Naughty Dog Don't Miss a Beat, so if there was a crisp packet, they probably spent four to eight hours on the crisp packet. All that man hours just in the bin, it seems insane to me just because some guy who comes over who likes a little bit of Destiny went, nah, it's not going to work. Oh, 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 oh hold on, pal. Um,
3: yeah, so it's an odd one. I mean, I, I I honestly thought that The 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 Last of Us, the online side of the game, would have been more like what the day before promised, and we all know what's happened to the day before. Um, but when you see the original traders at that, where you'd be not so much in an open world facing other players but you'd be in a world where you could have like three or four of you in a camp you'd go off together and try and get survival stuff come back build your camp up go on off on missions and bits that's what I could see it as being but they've, I don't know They obviously they've canned that and now they've tried this roguelike twist I'm not quite sure how that will work I'm not you know might well do I mean the God of War ones you know people have loved that so it might be mm. a, a nice addition but we'll see we'll see I mean, what, what about you guys? What do you think?
0: I I mean, for what it's worth, I think this addition of this roguelike thing is good. It adds a little bit of something to it. I mean, you know, if I was to try and throw something like that together, it'd probably take me a hundred years. These guys have chucked this together and bolted it to this game as a way of, it's a value add if nothing else, right? It has to be. That's why it's mm. there. Um, I think it could add legs to the game it's got a competitive element to it which I think would be interesting Mm. the fact that you maybe don't quite know what level you're going to go into next you don't know if you can quite compare I just wonder why the PS3 version and maybe even the PS4 version had that multiplayer factions attached to it which is still played now is still loved and received well and it kind of showcases that the controls for The Last of Us were actually versatile enough to enable PvP situations. So why would you shy away from that? Why would you hold that back from people? Initially, when you first play The Last of Us, you think, oh, crikey, these these controls feel good, but they do feel a bit sort of clunky, especially when you engage in um, melee combat. But actually, it worked, and it was fun. And there were elements there that they could have, worked on or expanded or grown, and the whole thing's been canned. I find that odd. For this release, I think this could be exciting. I think there's going to be lots of streamers. It's certainly going to catch the attention, you know, the the YouTubers and things like that could easily put montage of this together and it 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 do well. Therefore not only is it a value add, it also opens up that whole tournament thing where I don't know, Johnny Newboy, never had a PS5 before, suddenly looks at this and goes, wow, this Last of Us thing could be quite cool. I'll get this. Then he has a go. Maybe, you know, it's like me on stunt car racing on the entire T. All the big boys talk about it, don't know what it is. But I bought it. Jeff Crammon's got some money. And now it's in a disky little flop it drive box down there. It uh, was a pirate, so he never got any money anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was a
0: 16-bit home computing era. If you want to come for me, fact, you know where I live. I'll pay Jeff Crammon the money in person if there's an issue. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's I'm excited for it. I've got this already pre-ordered. I think I had to do it from PlayStation to get the version that I wanted. I missed out on the first re-release PlayStation thing. You know, we're like guys who collect bits of rotten plastic with rotten bits of silicon going off that ultimately is a, web address to a download anyway because it's got a cardboard slip case on it i gotta have it <laughs> uh, and i'll pay 20 quid more for it as well a cardboard george 20 pound oh, you really oh, <laughs> oh what a character uh... <laughs> mike what do you make of this whole sort of debacle this what first of all as a value add do you think this roguelike could add value and and possibly as i said sort of drive People's attention to the game
1: uh i'm sure it will do i mean this uh, uh, for me though it's um it feels just like a short-term thing right it's not it's not it's it's kind of it will last two or three years um and i'm I'm, i don't know about other people but i'm getting when i look at online games that i want to play i almost want to kind of find a universe that i can just lose myself in Mm. and just play you know i envy those people that found eve online and still play it 15 yeah. years later right yeah. i've not i've not found that yet for me um so i think i think you'll do okay um i don't think it's going to be big bucks it's not going to be um a fortnight thing or you know that's that's what these developers are all hoping for is a little bit of uh, a little bit of luck um and some decent traction that propels them forward so that their whole business model can be uh, gta 5 online or something like that right Because yeah. it's um it's it's a it's a good way of of um, maintaining your business and then earning extra revenue to make other games so that's 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 oh, what just hope to is- that
0: point what i find yeah. hilarious about that is they're all clamoring to catch a little bit of the magic of Fortnite. it's a cash count let's not let's not muck around mm. here my son spent more on dances on there than he's probably spent on food in the last Three years—it's <laughs> ridiculous—and um, that's all well and good. But Fortnite now are using that platform for them to be able to experiment with a whole range of different games, world-building games, this game, yeah. that game, this thing, that thing, music creation game. Within, like, I was like, "What the hell is this?" It, game? It's
1: Roblox, right? So this is this is the thing about Fortnite, which is quite impressive. Is that team made a a rubbish game? To start off with. Yeah. yeah, it was uh it was it wasn't great, you know. You you know it was okay. It was an indie kind of like title, go around defend against zombies and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh PUBG came along and they took that and they went, you know what, let's see if it works with us. Smash hit. Big one. Yeah. What they're doing now is Roblox. They're literally looked at Roblox and going, Look how much money Roblox What One thing about
0: right. that, one thing that I noticed about that that moment that actually kind of set it apart. PUBG at the time was locked to Xbox. Whereas Fortnite was... Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. When they adopted that, the PlayStation players, I feel, went, well, I want one like that. Well, the closest thing you got is Fortnite. Right, boom. And it, obviously, with the critical mass of PlayStation, bump. I know it's on mm. PC and everything else, but it seemed yeah. to have that swaying factor. I think it's also... it. it it looks accessible. It looks friendly, even though you're machine gunning yeah. people to death. I'm deaf by a thousand numbers, but certainly you are definitely machine gunning people. Somewhere, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Whereas, where's the like PUBG, I, I loved PUBG, but I was the sacrificial lamb whenever we played. And to be honest, <laughs> in any multiplayer <laughs> competitive game, I'm the sack. I'm a Leroy Jenkins player. Wow. I will I run out all guns blazing. Uh, and my sole goal is to distract so that, Better players can actually go off <laughs> and win. Uh, that sounds like, like my 3 strategy. Back. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know I want to get into to that. Anyway, so um, yeah, so I think it's I think you know, PUBG is you look at it and it's hard to get into, right? It's realistic. Um, you know, it's it's not really appealing to to teens, whereas Fortnite had you, I think you're right, definitely the multi-platform thing had worked. But I think it's just so accessible. It looks so accessible, right? Yeah. Like my mm-hmm. my son when he was six was just like, I want to play Fortnite. He's like, what do you know how to play it? No, but look at that character. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's that's and
0: that's where they make their money, right? Mm. Mm. Let's let's move things along here. This next headline, I, I want to take it because I like a bit of it. No sex, please. <laughs> we are Xbox. Uh, earlier in the week, Baldur's Gate through an Xbox made headlines once again when a user received a year-long ban after ac- accidentally uploading some game clips featuring adult-only scenes. Larian was quick to respond, with the studio's director of publishing noting how annoying and uncool this was. Now in an update, it seems the issue has been flagged in an update from the Belgian-based developer via social media. Microsoft has been made aware of the issue, and any bans should begin to lift. Here's the message in full via social media. Larian Studios. Players whose capture clips have been flagged on Xbox should now see their bans begin to lift. Work is ongoing, and the Microsoft team is aware of the issue. If you're wanting to upload any clips in the meantime... Make sure to turn off mature content. Very strange Mm. uh, scenario there. It's almost like we've got Xbox's community guidelines butting up against the game they've been desperate to have since they struggled to get it. And might we say, Mike, might we say, and people can use the time machine to go back and listen to older episodes, you said Xbox Series S is going to hold back the ability for Xbox to push the series of consoles forward graphically, much like a forbear of great truths. Mm. You stood there many years ago and said this out loud, and many people went, eh, eh. even in the industry, eh, eh, nah, nah, nah. the Series S certainly powerful enough to do this, that, and the other. Well, it transpires, let's say just under halfway through the console's lifespan, it's tripped it up on probably Mm. what became. And PlayStation, just by doing nothing, looked into, probably at the time, one of the most sought-after, talked about, and and therefore it's console-exclusive games they could get their hands on, all because the Series S skipped leg day. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that?
1: I... I've got to be careful what I
0: say here. Um, I of course, think- let's just say, right, actually, do you know what? I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't know why I said that because it transpires <laughs> to me that the PlayStation probably paid for this exclusive. The Xbox is throttling back the power so as not to embarrass the peers in the gaming industry. I think,
1: right, when I was at Xbox, there was a real desire to build a streaming version of the next console. Lower, mm. underpowered, um, but, uh, but it didn't, didn't matter because you were streaming everything, right? Yeah. Um, and the games industry is going to cloud streaming. Um, it's inevitable. Every music does it, film does it. Um, you know, if I look at my kids, they don't care if it comes in a box or not. They just mm-hmm. want instant access, right? They want to yeah. be able to play lots and everything. Um, I think the Series S intent was that that would hit the streaming audience, uh, and they wouldn't have to worry about the tech, but I just don't think the audience is there yet, you know. And I run a streaming company, so I, you know, I don't think people are ready for that journey on mass. Um, no, and so that's why they're hit, you know. And you've seen this with a lot of their other big titles. Was it uh, Starfield, where you play it on the on the S? So it's just like it's terrible. Mm. Uh, you know, it's a, it, technically they've done a good job trying to get it up there, but the expectation A solid port had. as one might say yeah but i think people were you know when they look at the x and the s you know they they're struggling and no doubt the x had to they had to pare back the console port so that the s wasn't completely out of range of being able to do it and that's the the trouble that xbox have now is that if they want to get something running on the x you have to also get it running on the s which means you have to make some kind of sacrifice on the x so that the S can be brought along for the ride. yeah. Um, and so they're not allowed to push as far. And so for for developers, um, the PlayStation is gonna be far more attractive to, to, to develop for because you're selling to one audience. Mm. Uh, one, one, you don't have to do two, uh, you don't have to do a port of your game to a lower level spec piece of hardware, right? You can just do mm. one and that's it. And remember each time you do a port, it costs you money. Uh, and and you know if you look at the Xbox, they sold less than half of what PlayStation have sold, and it's some of that's going to be down to the fact that you've got a, a dual skew, which makes it harder uh, and it's definitely more expensive to develop for.
0: I think yeah, you know, I've got a Series S amongst amongst other things, and it, it's it's a pretty fun little console. It's a very affordable step into the brand. I think if you're a young kid and you. Want to play Fortnite, it'll do the trick. And, and, you know, you look like one of the cool kids. Whether that demographic are the people that are playing it, I don't know. I think to say the Series S is a bad machine, that's not true at all. You know, and, unless you're pixel counting and, and you're really one of those people getting up close, it more than does the job. But it just seems like I say, as we get a little bit further, it, it's no surprise to see that some things are taking longer to get ported to the Series X because of the series s which i don't know it performed an absolutely great job when those consoles launched and it felt like the series s was going to win win it for microsoft it felt like the shrewdest move in gaming and it felt like a safe bet and I, to be honest if i was sat there looking at metrics i'd be like yes boys we've got this in the bag you'd have thought it i mean they never saw this going didn't they? you know we'll take out some of these gubbins and throw them in the floor and put it in this nice little sexy white box boom they'll lap it up and we did we did um and i just wonder if it's still a safe bet because that skew feels like it's two different gamers you've got your high fidelity vinyl enthusiasts that are getting series x they want all of gaming all of the time anywhere and everywhere in the best fidelity they can get it and the series s is for someone who's he likes they like gaming maybe it's a kid maybe it's someone who's got maybe more legacy with Xbox brand. Maybe they only bought a 4K TV yet, in which case (laughs) Series X is big waste of cash. So it kind of of fits that bill. They can still play, let's face it, even now they can still play the very best games. But do you think we're going to see a skew where they're going to say, actually, this one is, or have they locked themselves into, this is the series and you have to make it work? Or could we see... Maybe a pro it's, it's, console could allow some differentiation. Do you think? I, I think you're spot on with the
1: uh, analysis. There's always George. I think it is a it's a great entry. I read point it on
0: a call. lolly stick that Ray gave nice. me. I like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I think you know. I'm, I'm from. a am tackling it from a kind of developers perspective, and. Um, you know it's that that's the the challenge is is the porting right um and we even had to do it for um when we put uh antstream on which is very simple um we had we spent more money trying to get it working on s um mm-hmm. and it should have quite easily mm-hmm. worked on s but you know you still got to spend money getting it done so from a developer's point of view it costs you more to go to xbox um now what xbox have done quite shrewdly is they've bought the games industry um you know they've they've acquired uh activision and you've got bethesda um and and those two companies alone build some of the greatest games around so they do they've they, they've kind of secured those I, I don't think those companies would have necessarily done s versions of some like skyrim uh the mm. next skyrim uh, uh the next um, fallout i think if they were still independent I'm not sure they would have done an S version, no. Um But now they own them. I suspect that that team is, uh, you know, extended their deadlines by six months, twelve months, and uh, are kind of cracking on with making sure that their masterpieces of a game will will actually run on that console.
0: One question I've got for you is: we we have labelled the series S as the throttler of this gen, but. I'm sadly becoming aware of an even larger anchor holding this gen back, in my opinion, and it's the Nintendo Switch. Yes. <laughs> as much as I love gaming on the go as a new convert <laughs> to the cult of Nintendo or been refound. Uh, by the cult of Nintendo, we noticed that your belief in our religion has lapsed. Oh, God, I a Switch. Uh, oh, I love it all over again. Um, but obviously we see games released for that that are also on the bigger boy consoles as well. And I wonder, we've not, maybe seen the highfalutin graphical reaches that we've maybe had historically i'm not saying that a ps3 is, is graphically better than a ps5 but what i'm saying is at the time it was doing things that were incredible and now on ps5 maybe it's moore's law i don't even know but it feels a little bit more constrained and right at the back all the way back there is a is a switch dragging its aged sort of mobile phone (laughs) processor in portable mode with it, going, well, do you know what? Dredge could have been great, but it's got to work on me, so it's going to be very brown. (laughs)
2: Do you think the Switch's success
0: has has kind of throttled back the industry since its launch just, just a little bit? No, I don't they I don't so I I was also there at the
1: beginning for Hogwarts Legacy. Mm. Um working on that and um we were tasked with doing the Switch version. Uh which lasted all of 6 months before we would kind of said okay now work on the next gen one. We'll just do the Switch in the end. The Switch is just an <laughs> afterthought. I, I guarantee right. you the Switch is an afterthought for making additional revenue for developers, right? Unless have you have seen
0: the footfall oh. of the Switch,
1: though? I mean, that to me it's, seems... It's, it's huge, but like as a developer, you look at it, if you're doing something like Hogwarts Legacy, you know it's not going to be the same experience. It can't be, right? And it's not. I mean, if you play on the Switch versus uh, any of the other consoles, you know, even walking into a shop has a loading screen, uh, you know, and the fidelity's not there. And so... It is a. They knew that if they release Hogwarts Legacy on the Nintendo Switch, even two years after it came out on every other console, it was going to go gangbusters. Because there's a novelty there as well. Like I Mm, bought. There is. I've got. When I had PS4 and the Switch, I bought Doom, not on the high end console, which was cheaper. It was £14 or something (laughs) on on the PlayStation 4. (laughs) I went out and spent. Fifty on the pared down Switch one because I could play it portably uh, and whenever I liked. Oh, well, um, there we go. <laughs> you know, I, it's just, but I, who am I? <laughs> it's it's. I think you know we, we treat Switch as gamers very differently. Uh, you know we will give it a pass on so many things because who of am our novelists. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have I the become? Po- <laughs> Yeah, I know. Do you know? What? I I actually now when I see a game come out, I am like. Oh, is it on the Switch though? I don't care if the graphics. are <laughs> I open, do it. that. Yeah. I do that as
3: well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. We tr- tr- say, so. we, tr-
1: we treat it so differently, and it's you know it's a genius move. Um, and you know, Steam Deck tries to do the same thing, but Steam PC gamers are just very different. Or if you're playing the PC, it's very different. Um, I think you know if PlayStation had followed, PlayStation could have the same level of footfall there um they tried to, you know you got the portal but the portal was like one and a half times the cost of a switch and
0: you know if you go outside your room good luck i was gonna uh, say it, it's all right taking a game on the go but if i've got to sit with that gaming peripheral balanced on my ps5 to get anything yeah. decent, i might as well be playing it on the big screen yeah mm. yeah
1: so yeah, i think i think the switch is just different uh we treat it as consumers differently and developers treat it differently as well it's almost like a a toy, you know, it's going to be successful no matter what you do, and people will buy it just for the novelty of having it.
0: Wow, okay, mm. so so I can take some good things for my beloved Switch from this. It's not holding back development, no, it's not a toy. It's, a, it, 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 it's not, it can't be a toy, Mike. It's not a toy. <laughs> <laughs> well
1: Nintendo class themselves as a toy
0: manufacturer yeah right we're done here where's this Marcus title
2: it's
0: a serious game was on the go it's better than, it's better than Steam Deck it, it, it's everything um RGT let's segue out of this 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 switch beating with yeah. some with some switch news what you got for us here
3: hi-fi switch uh it's wow. a new year and sure enough new rumors already popping up about what games could be made available to Nintendo users in the future. Of course, quite on point with what we're talking about. Uh, the latest story during the round suggests that Microsoft Game, met with high, um, with high critical acclaim and well-received by fans, will be released on a computer system in the calendar year of 2024.
0: Redfall. <laughs>
3: AI data. Uh, this claim comes from the host of the Nate the Hate podcast, who goes on to mention how the title was in the Game of the Year conversation during the year of its release. In the calendar year of 2024, Microsoft will bring one of their more acclaimed first party releases to a computer system. When the announcement comes, I think it's going to be met with a lot of excitement because this is a quality game. The source um, uses Obsidian's narrative adventure, Pentiment. Is it Pentiment? I can never say that.
0: That sounds good to me.
3: Yeah, Pentiment is an example of how Xbox has done everything it can with selected games within its ecosystem. And the next steps are to bring those these titles to other platforms to help build an audience for possible sequels exclusives to Microsoft devices. Uh, some conversation elsewhere online suggests that the exclusives could be uh, Tango Gameworks' rhythm-based action title Hi-Fi Rush, which was shadow-dropped on the Xbox early last year and nominated for multiple Game of the Year awards. A user on Reset Era, known for um, sharing past Xbox-related leaks, has also supposedly supported the idea of it being this particular game. Of course, there could be other games that fit the description, and nothing is official right now. Over the past year, Xbox um, retaliated to the c- uh, commitment to other platforms, including an agreement to bring Call of Duty games to Nintendo systems going forward. Microsoft has also worked with Nintendo to bring games like GoldenEye 007 to the Switch. Interesting.
0: GoldenEye 007 one thing, but next year's version of COD running on current-gen Switch... Yes. That seems like a bit of a bonkers 10-year thing to sign. Obviously, Nintendo have got some successor stuff in the background, but mm. I, if I was going to dip my toe in the water by bringing something to another console, Hi-Fi rushes has a lot of noise. We mm. voted it our best Xbox exclusive in the poncies two or three weeks ago, our GTF memory mm. serves; It was certainly yeah. up there and um, was in our Game of the Year conversation to give that to switch I mean to charge for that on switch I should mm, work that better round I don't know I don't know that seems I think that seems like a good idea but I think if I was Microsoft looking to cash out I think I'd probably take the Master Chief trilogy mm-hmm. and crunch that out on switch I mean we're not sweating here right round on 360 give them what they want uh, I mean to be fair Master Chief's practically dead to us anyway no offense Xbox listeners but they don't treat their king with that much respect uh, the king's nearly dead. Give them that. Might bring a couple over. No worries. We'll make some money. But they're going to take Hi Fi Rush, one of the most, I would say, notable reasons to give Game Pass a try. And they're going to, admittedly, they're going to charge. Probably switch price point. That was my finger. I was wetting it so I could put it in the air. It's the audio showing. What are you thinking? <laughs> that. Uh. And I think thirty nine ninety nine price point seems like a pretty reasonable price for a Switch title, Hi Fi Rush. What do you think, Mike? Is this second revenue creation from that, or is this is this a crazy idea? What are they doing?
1: I I think it's Hi Fi Rush. I mean, it's perfect for the for the platform, yeah. right? Um I you know Xbox are building a solid relationship with Nintendo. Um, yeah, they, definitely. You know, they've spent so much money. They've outspent Sony probably 10 to one, but Sony is still outselling them, uh, in, in consoles, right. And in, um, game sales. So they need to do, they need to do something if they want to kind of move away from this third position. And, you, you know, they've set precedent for this you know, with Minecraft. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, mm. they're more, you know, I think Xbox, Xbox realize hardware is going away and you've got to be a platform You've got to be a platform that exists everywhere. That's where real success, um, it lies for, for these guys. Uh, Sony know it. Um, Nintendo, I don't think, care. Because uh, I think Nintendo could pump out consoles for the next 200 years and people would still buy them. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, th- th- those two players, Sony and Nintendo, are playing for the Netflix of gaming space. You know, they want to be, you go, you want to watch a film, You come, you come to us. You want to watch, you want to play games. You come to Xbox. You come to PlayStation. So their move to to Nintendo, I think, is their kind of right. This is it. We're going to start owning owning this space. And to be fair, Sony are doing the same, right? How many PC games... You know, like you can play pretty much every exclusive PC game, uh, PlayStation game on PC. Yeah, Yeah. true. Um, You know, and there was a time when that was a. You know, Sony would never have done that. So um, I think that both Sony and xbox are not threatened by nintendo because nintendo is different um you know they're mm. not going after the same consumer necessarily mm. um so yeah i think hi-fi rush is 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 going to be it perfect i i'm hoping it's it because i want to play that on the switch like i say i look at these <laughs> I, i've got i've got the console that can play it and i have the service where i can play it for free yet i'm still waiting to pay forty dollars or forty
0: pounds to to buy it on the Nintendo Switch. Does your mumsy look like my mumsy or does your dadsy look like my dadsy? Because I feel like we're brothers.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've got to be. We attack yeah. this the same way, Mike, except you're obviously more handsome and slightly, well, I say slightly, a hell of a lot more successful than I am. Um those that can do, those that can't podcast. That's all I'll say. Uh hi-fi rush seems like the perfect poster boy. But obviously Sony dipped their toe in the water with some of their older exclusives. Some of the heat had died down a little bit. One could argue almost a little bit, no, just respect RGT, but dead. Uncharted. Dead. Please don't. Dead.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they with ups and downs ported those to PC. I mean, you want to play the worst version of Uncharted? Oh, well, yeah, I want to see that running on the 10X. 480i486 with a supercharger and all that good stuff, 16-bit sound card in the back of it, and it's like, what is this mess? Um, so they've had varying degrees of success there. But Obviously, I feel Microsoft, more than likely, are going to nail Hi-Fi Rush coming to the Switch. And I think they probably nailed supporting Minecraft to PC as well, or back, vice versa, and they're back again. Mm. Um, so Sony need to probably... I hate to say this, but they certainly need to focus a hell of a lot more on these PC remasters because I don't think they can afford any more negative press about how they launch. In a it's hard, isn't it, with PC because people have got such varying degrees of tech. Um, I mean, you've got me rocking it with a 486, screaming why it doesn't. it's not compatible with a Roland sound card. And then you've got people <laughs> at the other end of the spectrum who've probably got 20 grand rigs and they can't even get it to run right. So, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't, as far as a PC release is concerned. But certainly we heard a lot of noise about them being suboptimal ports at best. Um, What do you think about this whole porting? Is there some sort of difficulty taking something from a PS5, which is very it's got pc bits in it but it's been very designed the board's laid out to allow the flu throw of movement from ssd here and we've got it all positioned on the board very nicely we've got the cooling system packaged very tightly in there we know what this can do it may not be a 486 with a supercharger but it's certainly a known quantity to us what's the struggle then taking it to something that's technically more superior in terms of pure oomph, horsepower um is it that circuit board integration and some of the ways that PlayStation passes things off to itself that a PC can't replicate what was the score here
1: uh, it's money isn't it it's oh it's, oh, it's money okay it's <laughs> money <laughs> <laughs> The, you you don't want your dev team managing the port necessarily, right? That's They can't make other stuff while they're doing the port. And so what happens is, is it goes out to tender. You don't go for the lowest one because that's going to be a shit job. You don't go for the highest one because you haven't got the budget for it. So you end up with the person in the middle, the person that can do the most average job um, of porting your, your, your game across. Right?
0: It's the most eloquent way I've heard of the tender process before.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, like there's – there's there's teams out there that if you give it to them they're more expensive but you will get a stunning port mm. of the game that you want to get over uh, onto onto the console right like um, doom on the switch is a stunning port for what it is it's it's pretty yeah. amazing and they paid through the you know they they paid a lot to get that um that port done equally there's other games that are ported to the switch or other consoles or to pc that are terrible and that's because they've gone Do you know what we can put this out there and people will buy it um and we we don't have the money to pay the big guys to to port this over, so it's there's always technical challenges, always technical challenges, but a good team can get around those technical challenges, but it's whether you can afford to
0: pay for that good team mm. r g t you've been quiet uh, what 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 are you What are you hoping to come from this Xbox, Nintendo loving? Are you hoping for Hi-Fi Rush or are you sort of eagerly anticipating uh, maybe a one frame per second port of Starfield?
3: Um, It's a strange one. Like what you were saying, George, and obviously what Mike was saying, Hi-Fi Rush is perfect for the Switch. It is almost a Switch game. When when you look at it, it looks like a, a game that would come out on the Switch. But on the other hand... Is it not one of the main reasons to draw people to Games Pass? So it's it's that sort of balance. It's you know it's probably one of if they're not best newer games they've done on Games Pass to attract people. But if you're then selling it onto the Switch, you're probably not going to attract those people to go and get an Xbox and get Games Pass. Do you know what I mean? So mm. that's a funny one. But yeah, I can see like Mike was saying, you can see where they're where they're heading with this, and I think. I think once you'll find there's going to be a very, very close relationship for Microsoft and Nintendo going forward. And I think this is probably a start of a few games that will be, will be coming across, I
0: think to, to Nintendo. Is this a sign on the highway that says games pass on a Nintendo platform five years from here? Or are we thinking this is maybe
3: Uh, that's going to happen.
0: That's going to happen soon. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. But on, on, on Mark one switch, uh,
1: potentially, if it's streamed, mm. right? You can streaming technology. Like I said,
0: I, I don't platform- know. I don't know if you have played Kingdom Hearts streamed on the Switch, Mike. But I think I'd rather it's- take a cheese grater <laughs> to my what we call <laughs> in Lincolnshire taint.
1: It, it depends. <laughs> it depends. Again, it depends on who's doing the streaming tech, right? If you've got good streaming tech behind it, you get a good stream game. But a lot of these people are using not the cheapest streaming companies. But not the best streaming companies, right, and so it comes across as rubbish um do you know what? I, I i i xbox want game pass everywhere mm. um they you know that's hundred percent, and Sony are realizing this, and you know Sony's ambition is probably exactly the same right is i w- they just want to have their service on every device
0: everywhere do you know in Game of Thrones, little fingers at the end of this series says to Sansa something like. Sometimes, Sansa, I like to play a little game. I like to imagine what's the worst scenario someone could be thinking. And I have to think to myself, why would it matter to Sony if they said, you know Xbox, let's, let's have a love in, pal. Put your app up for streaming on our console. You can charge people X, but ultimately we've got over two-thirds of the market, really, and and no disrespect, you've not really got anything in the pipeline that's making us like bob ourselves. There's not going to be some massive turnaround where everyone exits out of what we've got and goes by 10 of what you've got. Why would it be, is it Sony saying, oh no, we can't allow this? Because if suddenly Sony becomes, uh, Xbox becomes overnight, became a streaming platform, they're no danger, are they? Or are they? What, what's what's the fear here? Well, you, you know, you, there's, there's, it's, you've got to remember that
1: sony are obsessed with xbox and xbox don't care about sony Mm. and and the reason for that is that sony's entire business now is pretty much playstation whereas xbox is microsoft's probably smallest division wow you know they don't they barely make it onto the balance sheet xbox on the microsoft balance sheet that's how they get away uh, with
0: all this naughtiness. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And,
1: you know, you, when, you're, when you're Sony and you've had to sell off your, you know, Sony were in finance. There was Sony Finance, Sony Medical. Sony sold off their headquarters in Tokyo. You know, their company is, is reliant on this one thing. All their eggs, you know, Sony manufacturing died in the early 2000s. They still make stuff, but they're not the powerhouse. Samsung took that. And so they are... Um, they're very defensive of their of their crown jewel, right? If this goes, most of Sony's revenue goes, right?
0: We're done. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: Whereas you know, if Xbox was to close down tomorrow, it wouldn't harm Microsoft in the slightest. Apart from some, you know, gamers being upset about it, because they sell uh, operating systems and they sell Excel and productivity software in cloud the cloud
0: infrastructure systems. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they they don't it doesn't it doesn't matter to them as much, right? And so they don't have to be as defensive and they can be like, oh yeah. They've got have that zoom,
0: they've got zoom. Zune. Zune, yeah. Got Zune.
1: That's, uh, yeah. So uh, that's that's where they <laughs> that's where they sit, right? <laughs> um and that's why you've got this, right? While Sony are defensive and Microsoft are more bullish, one's got more money than the other, unfortunately. I suppose wow. as
3: well, if you if you put obviously you've got um Sony's own online system of premium bits and pieces. You obviously you'd have to have a scaled down Games Pass, wouldn't you? Where well, it would be probably like a Xbox Games Pass, in that the fact you'd only be able to play games you can only buy on the Xbox as the app. If you see what I mean, rather than you don't want to be paying for a second app where you've already got some of the games on the system that you're paying for already. So you'd, I suppose that'd have to. Narrow that down just to a an Xbox exclusives Game Pass or something like that. I suppose I'd have to have to do that. You could subscribe to. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I, I think
1: ultimately, you know, Sony are almost doing a bit of a Sega at the moment.
0: Uh yeah. you know, a, a <laughs> late said
2: this.
1: United.
0: That, that's a uh, scary thought. We were going to do a show on this, Mike, but I didn't quite know if I'll be able to find enough reasons to think it. But what with all the sort of weird peripherals and hardware mm. that's been pumping out of him, it feels like I own a 32X. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you
1: know, I think, you know, it's, it's really weird. I think, you know, Sony have cloud screaming technology. Why are they not a provider of cloud screaming technology to everyone? They, they just use it. And like, I can't go to Sony and say, Do you know, what? I want to use your servers and I want to stream on your stuff. I want to stream
0: movies or I want to stream. Why don't they have that as a business model? I thought that the, I thought maybe in 2019, Sony signed a deal. Sony signed a deal with Microsoft for Microsoft to host their clouds. So they took over, was it NXT cloud technology or something yeah. like that? Yeah. They took that on license to enable them to have a more robust streaming platform. But, I mean, I, you, I'm yet to see the dividends of that. For, yeah, maybe being I, I would have bit. thought I would have thought Sony would try to do what
1: Google are doing with Google, you know, Google streaming, Amazon, uh, AWS, um, with with Microsoft streaming service. You know, you would have thought Sony would do that. So I think Sony have some real problems where they they've relied on the PlayStation. It's become the cash cow, and it's like how how do you how do you build out a defensive business that has got lots
0: of different pillars again, so you're secure. Well, it's almost um, like they use their PlayStation Studios now as almost like a foundation to reestablish their movie business. Because mm. they, they're cashing out the games into movies and mm. they're cashing out the games into series. They're definitely trying to broaden themselves into being a, a multimedia platform. But is it too late? Yeah, good question. That's the door Do We're all sat around here fat, gorging ourselves on The Last of Us cereal. Um there's no pony in here anymore. Yeah, mm. very strange. I think let's call this done. Uh, at Community corrections. Do we? Did we miss anything? Well, imagine after that robust news round, uh, absolutely not. But do you have an opinion or take on the news that we missed? If so, RGT, how would the collective masses get in contact with us and let us know that? Mm. George, some of your euphemisms are a little bit sort of archaic, if I'm honest with you, mate, and uh, we want you off the show. And and Marquis Rouse, probably not high enough title, if we're being honest with you. And why are you even here when Mike exists? Get him in every Sunday and just call it a day. How would they let us know about that? Uh,
3: we've got questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com or you can DM us on Instagram or Twitter, or we have the... Discord, which is the Discord that we don't talk about. Yeah, we don't mention that now. We don't Mike. mention the Discord, yeah. but you can <laughs> you could jump in. Oh, and, and um, well done to uh, community manager Bobaloba for all his work this week on Discord. He's I tell you what, he's uh,
0: he's yeah. been down the pit like a pit pony, pulling so hard on that head collar, it's literally bored into his rib cage. <laughs> 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 what can we get? We've given him everything. The only thing left for me to give him is my personal love. Um, and if he wants a little session of that, he can have it.
3: Well, I was thinking some beers, but if you want to go down that route, fair play, you're close to him, so he's on your way, over, over. I he's was I've
0: got a mask of me I was going to put on you.
3: Uh, you're closer, that's all I'll
0: say. Some would say you could reach him from where you're sat.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, move on. And on that bombshell, the only reason most people tuned in is to really get a little bit closer to fan favorite. It's certainly my favorite. He's he's got a voice that draws you in. He's got a look that says I'm dangerous, but a little bit cool at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a storied history in the video games industry, one which, to be honest with you, I don't know what part of my body I could live without, probably most of it, to be honest. I would give everything by my left eyeball and some sort of my blower brain function to be him, although what sort of person (laughs) would I be at that point? God only knows. But I would give it all to be him. He's touched such things as PlayStation Home. He's had a guiding hand in the evolution of PlayStation trophies. Without him, there would be no Diggs Nightcrawler, and that's... That's probably the best thing to come out of that scenario. I'll be honest with you. It's a great game, Mike. It is. You've been and, and graced your hand across such thing as ferona, You know, that is probably what I would call a runaway success in terms of PvP engagement in a, like a sword fighting game. You know, who would have thought that you could turn that into a thing? And there's still people ravishly enjoying that game to this day. Um, you took it from... You're the guy who showed up in what's colloquially known as a gunfight with a knife and you still won. What an absolute hero. That should be on your t-shirt. <laughs> in a time when everyone else is doing multiplayer shooters, you rock up and you just sort of stibby stab everybody with the pointy end. I absolutely <laughs> love it. You then had a guiding hand on the Mafia re-releases. You've, you've gone off and done other things and then now, you know, and we're not even here to talk about this. You're now the main dude at Antstream who's no doubt Furnished the slip of that onto microsoft with a nod and a wink and a, a very slick and adept sort of platform if i may be honest now we've done an episode on that and there's more that we could ding into we've brought you here today because much like clark kent mike rouse you also have a, a little bit of a superhero names retro gamer boy <laughs> whoa hang on a minute what can this guy do well i'll tell you <laughs> what he's got a he's got a very successful youtube channel and he's using that youtube channel as a medium majoritively to catalog his journey through collecting a full power saps what the hells happening to my voice i'm so excited i don't even know how to speak the english language anymore now we touched on that before but this week i want to i want to go deep i want to talk the trials and tribulations the pitfalls And the sort of, I want to get lost in the weeds on box variants. I want to know why the paintings still elude you. I want to know why I get more of a kick out of watching you iron a Mega Drive 2 box than I do my own family.
2: (laughs) Uh, Mike, I don't know.
1: Some of those questions I can't answer, George. Which ones? Well, the ones about you. I mean, they're tough to answer. I don't know why you get excited about that. I'm not sure anyone
0: else does. Mike,
3: I I think you and I both know
0: (laughs) that in the dark corners of a Discord forum somewhere, there's some people getting very excited about (laughs)
2: it.
0: On a T-Fal Glide 2, Steam setting (laughs) 1. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> all joking aside, Mike, thank you so much for coming on and and really persevering through this medieval like torture experience. I mean, I say medieval, it's more like a nineteen sixties CAI PSYOP. We come in, we give you a load of weird stuff, and you, you don't really know where you are, and you babble all these truths and secrets about the gaming industry. Thank you for that. Um, but what now it's an audio show. So, I may have to veer into a slightly controversial subject here. You're not exactly a young, youngish gentleman. (laughs) You know, your first console, your first RGT, slow (laughs) down. Okay. What I'm trying to establish here to our young audience, you know, the fours and five year old Fortnite fans who listen to every single second of content we put out, your first console certainly wasn't the Wii. It was not the Wii. And it certainly wasn't the PS4. Correct. (laughs) Now, across all that spectrum of consoles that you've touched and had your hands on and been involved in very, very long time with Sony, I think logic would dictate this guy. He's probably got every PS1 game. No, no. He sells those to get more Mega Drive games. Why, Why the focus on the Mega Drive predominantly? What about that? Um...
1: A lot of it is nostalgia, for sure. Uh, the Mega Drive was at a point where I was uh young teenager uh, or, or moving into teenager. Um, and so I was starting to earn my own money from a paper round. Um, I had a master system that I'd saved up for and bought. Um, and I, I love the master system. But the, the, the Mega Drive brought with it the 16-bit era and i think the 16 bit era is, is a timeless era in gaming uh mm. it's like visually now you can buy nintendo switch games or or even playstation 5 games that use the same 16 bit pixel art more colors but it's the same art right yeah it someone who's 10 can enjoy a pixel art game um as much as they'd enjoy uh, the latest spider-man game so you know i think it it makes it easy to play um these games because then you know you're not struggling with a a certain time of graphical fidelity or restrictions on gameplay so there's that but i just have i think a huge nostalgia because that's when i started really buying my own games um so you know the decisions were i've worked really hard um delivering um newspapers uh to uh the bishop and um his naughty ways with kids and the old wow. lady down the road uh, um, who, who, who literally threw food at me every time I delivered her paper. You know, I've done, gone through those trials and tribulations and I've now, now wait, bought. thrown food at you as a weapon or, or look at that poor boy? I'm, no, I'm as a scared. weapon. She was crazy. Uh, oh, right. She used okay. to get bread and throw it at me out of the second story window as I delivered Like a baguette her paper. or like a
0: slice of fresh water?
1: Sli- this was the 90s. So, you know, it was a, it was a Hovis. Over this sliced bread. Uh, I was getting chucked at me individual slice or she, or you'd like a full bag of this. No, you? Like I was a pigeon. Uh, you know, it should take the time to break it off. I don't know if she had the bags preloaded, uh, with broken <laughs> up bread to, to oh. get me I've <laughs> spoken to her. Um, but, um, anyway, yes, on that paper round. Um, and I think that we know that, was,
0: that you weren't those games. You weren't those games
1: yeah i earned those games and so um yeah i think that that lasted with you also it was awesome i mean the mega drive just sleek uh black plastic um controls on it almost like a hi-fi uh system on there the bigger boy system on it big boy system you know it's it's almost like how the place the cool system um i loved the mega cd when it came out that was the first cd player in our household Mm. Um, don't get me started on that
0: I never Gosh. had one in the era but it was an aspirational thing that I always in my mind I was I was 12 but if I had to make a mega cd I'd have been a grown man with a chess wig supping on wine and <laughs> listening to jazz on it <laughs> such a thing yeah yeah
1: I'd, oh God, what was the music I used to play on there? Because I—that's when I first bought music CDs, obviously, um, and music CDs were only becoming a big thing at that point as well.
0: You so, like the sort of cat that would have put Prodigy Experience in there. I did
1: have Prodigy, but uh, a li- <laughs> I got into Prodigy a little later, mid '90s. I got into Prodigy. I think I had, um, oh God, what was that song? Uh, Two Unlimited. Oh um, my! The singles.
3: So no limits?
1: No limits, yes. No, no one of one of the first music tracks to to make it in, into that. You know, playing through a TV, a CRT TV, <laughs> which had
0: probably CD audio quality through yeah, a ten penny speaker. Mono Mono
1: as well, yes.
0: But it was the coolest thing. Oh look um, at me, darling! Come in. Look at me in my yeah. smoking jacket, on us it's this fine music. <laughs> Is that a mono? Is that a portable TV with a mono speaker? Yes, darling. There's no better sound quality than this here <laughs> in a twelve-year-old exactly bedroom. <laughs>
1: it was. It was amazing. Um, and I, had, you know, friends would come round who had. Uh, I had very few friends that had Nintendo. Oh, we, we all had Nintendo, but mostly played Sega. Mm. Um, and you'd see the CD player. It was like you'd. I know now, with hindsight, I understand how these systems work and that they weren't better. But we all insisted that the graphics were like ten times better and that this system was producing something no one else could. Um, you know, we used to make up, we used to make, oh, and I'm sure I made up most of this stuff as well. Absolute rubbish. Um, the the yellow bit of the EA cartridge. The reason why <laughs> EA games were so good is because that yellow bit had a microchip in it. We used to say that, uh, yeah. Of course, many years later, taking apart one, I realized it's just a plastic piece of clip-on and it does absolutely nothing. Um, But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of nostalgia around um, Sega as well as a developer. You know, they brought arcade titles. Mm. Um, So, you know, I was a big... You know, I missed out a lot of the Gen 2 stuff.
0: Um, And I spent a lot of my time in arcades. Just, I think, a lot of the sort of TV... Definitely magazine print advertising media was so on point. It was so of the time that I didn't, I was stuck as one of the strange boys in the ST that, you know, didn't really fit in with anybody. But then the cool kids, the football team guys, the other bigger boys, they had Mega Drive. And it just, you know, I would see them and they'd be talking Mega Drive and then I'd go home and I'd maybe talk my mum into getting me a mean, like, can I have this? I like, haven't yeah, got that. Oh, no. And I'd like pour over it or Games Master or whatever. And the, the tood of Sonic, the Mega CD adverts with that guy out of EastEnders giving that guy a haircut, <laughs> um, just all of it. And even that sort of flowed into like Saturday morning TV where the Mega Drive would be the guy with, I mean, I dream of it now because I'm follically challenged. Ashen's made me remove my hat, and I realised I look like a like an aged 70s wrestler, if I'm honest. <laughs> and they had the big bouffant. They normally had the big bomber jackets, you know, the, the black zip-up ones, and they were stood there. They're not bigger boys. I was 12, so everyone looked big to me. But they definitely had the shoulders on, and they'd be kind of playing this controller almost like it was – like too, cool. they were too cool for it. But they were persevering with playing Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter Two. And then, as a kid, I'd like travel to the Laser Quest place, and those same boys would be gathered around Mortal Kombat, and they'd be gathered around Street Fighter. And it was like, well, play Street Fighter Two on the Atari ST. It's eight discs just to get Chun Li to do a, you know, a kick. <laughs> it, it, it was painful. And it was just sort of this coolness that was attracted to welcome to the next level, almost. I I understand, but I understand then. But is it nothing but nostalgia that drives your collection now? I don't. I think nostalgia is banded around so much as a word for reason
1: why people collect. It, it it's not nostalgia for me. It's it's something that's just stayed with me. You know, it's mm. never left. It's never mm. left. It's, you know, I think when people do when people talk about nostalgia um, I, you know they they talk about it as almost like it was something that you lost and never had, and now it's come back and now you 're getting it i mean for the Meg, i've had bought a mega drive game every single year since its um day of release you know mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 just there it's just constantly there it's never it's never been a console that ever left right when PlayStation came out. Uh, I think that that was my darkest era of not playing Sega, but I still would switch on and play like Zero Tolerance on the Mega Drive because I loved it. So Interesting. It's, it's, it's never left me as a console.
0: It's, in it's in, in um, I reveal one of my multifaceted sides here in the Lego collecting and building world. When you put the Lego in the box and put it in the loft that last time. And then before you then get that Lego out and or buy a new set in the AFL adult fan of Lego world, that's referred to as the dark ages. So you're telling me you never entered a period of dark ages, as far as your Sega love was concerned. It During, during, during the PlayStation one and two
1: area it was the dark ages, I guess for me, but I was still engaged with it yes mm. um you know my mega drive is still the same mega drive i
0: bought uh, and it wow. has always been out what that <laughs> wait so the thing that you've got the mega cd attached to the 32x yep. the power the tower of power i think the girth of mirth, I think. If you've got that karaoke, it <laughs> needs a new phrase. I'm not being funny. It needs a new phrase. You've got all that other stuff flagged <laughs> on the side of it. I saw a pretty, it touched all my erogenous zones, if I'm honest with you. But you had a picture laid out at the mouse, at the thing on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh my goodness gracious me. I can't get to the bathroom quick enough. I don't know what to do. <laughs> that needs a new name. And I feel Marquis Rouse is the right person to deliver it. Are you going to put me on the spot and try come up with a name? I'll give you a freebie, the girth of mirth or the
1: the um what have we got? We got the tower of power, so maybe um
0: I have no idea. Let's let's maybe we could the, run this as The Mech a... Deck. Oh. Wow. That's got quite a bit of 90s to it as well, the Mech it Deck. Is. Right, okay. i oh will throw it out to the Discord, if you can come yeah. up with something the wider stride. something. I'm thinking the Tower of Power. is something that demonstrates wit. I think yeah. it's got to be girth, Mike, if I'm honest with you, but that's got a whole other set of connotations, but yeah. yeah it has. <laughs> uh, okay, I don't know where that side ramble took me or where it's even going to go, but let's, let's wrap up to the moment where you decided to collect for the Mega Drive fair mm. reason or foul, be it nostalgia or, hey, do you know what? And one day I might be able to leave my kids a legacy. <sighs> this is one of my other questions, but let's, let's, let's jump this now. Is there a fear in collecting? And I've had this fear myself, that by the time I can cash out or my kids can cash out, and I've seen this dinky toys, they were worth loads at one point in time. Same with tin plate railways, clockwork railways. They were worth an absolute mm-hmm. fortune. Now, because the generation that had them as kids and had the nostalgia, by the time they'd grown up, they'd paid big money for these things. By the time they'd passed away, there's no one with any real living memory. There are toy collectors that admire them for their roadmap along the way, but their value's plummeted. I know there'll be someone in the comments now. So, George, you don't know, you don't know that this certain level of crossings worth. 20. Like, I understand that's probably worth twenty five grand, but for the majority, a lot of it's nose dived in the dirt. Mm-hmm. Do you think by the time that we get to cash out on? Our kids or our grandkids get to cash on our collections. They're going to be a quid a game.
1: I so I've told my kids and my wife that my collection is worthless. Um, and I pay a lot of money to to get the games that I want now, but I already know that I'm not going to sell it. And I've told. So my wife said, "So what happens?" Uh, my, this is great. My family assume that I'm going to die first, which is probably true. But what happens when you uh, when you die? What, what are we going to do with all this stuff and um, I said well you can try sell it if you want to but I don't think it's going to be worth anything at mm. that point I said you're probably better off like donating it to a museum or somewhere like that somewhere where it can be cataloged and checked and you know people can come along and play them in the future or or, or whatever but um I you already see it now that you know if you look at the there's a there's a site called price charting which checks pricing it's not very good for checking uh, in the uk accurate prices on a week-to-week basis but it's very good at historical data yeah and they show pricing and like at the end of 2023 we were peaking stupid prices uh but uh, sorry end of 2022 but it's already tumbling down um so yeah i think by the time i'm ready to pass on hopefully uh, a few more years yet i don't think this collection is worth anything mm. You know, maybe one or two pieces if there's a collector mm. out there. But it's not like yeah. these things were produced in hundreds. You know, they were produced in tens of thousands of units. So it's, you know, and it always makes me laugh when I buy these games and someone says, hey, look, this game's super rare. Uh, the one I go on about all the time is uh, The Death and Return of Superman, which people try to sell for £2,000 yeah. now. And it's I sit down useless. and I go "Like, I like, look, that is not a rare game. It's scarce. People don't sell it as much. But that game, you don't buy the Superman license uh, and then only put a few games out, right? And, Mm. you know, some people say, like, the game was recorded. It's like, when in the 90s was anything recorded that you remember,
0: especially as a gamer? No. It's not like you had the internet. Uh, That would involve you somehow being contacted through having filled out a registration card, which, which never happened, hence why we have so many tucked in the back of games now. That would involve some sort of mass media publication saying, oh, your copy, I don't know, it doesn't work properly, it gets level three and it crashes or whatever. Never happened. It would then involve us, especially in that era of being men of our own castles, would involve them sending us, you want it, you send me all the paperwork and the forms and the stamps. So then they'd have to box out en masse a load of jiffy bags, stamps and labels. Yeah. I think the only company that I can recall doing this was when the first wave of And this is lost a bit to time, but when the first wave of launch PlayStation started to jump off the mortal coil, actually quite quickly, Sony rushed in with a courier service, which I'd never even experienced before. I took a day off work. I didn't know what to do with myself. I had to package this up and (laughs) hand it to this stranger. Who is he? How does he know where I live? How does he know I even got PlayStation? I give him it, and then he gives me another one. He checks the contents to make sure I'm not giving him a brick, and then I go upstairs and unbox a brand new PlayStation. How does this work? But certainly in your era, as you as not your era, but the era we yeah, talk that. of. <laughs> my yeah. era, it's my era <laughs> that we talk of. Yeah, wouldn't have happened, yeah, it would it? As you it say, exist. and there's all the evidence needed to say <laughs> never <laughs> happened. Yeah,
1: and, and so like that game there. It's sold tens and tens of thousands of units. So it's not, it's not even rare. So there's, there's very few rare things in gaming. It's a mass market um, medium, right? Uh, and so to say something's rare is, is obviously quite misleading. Scarce is a better word. So mm. I think given how unrare gaming is, I don't see how um, when it gets to a point where people who, who never experienced these consoles will care that much that they'll spend as much as I am now. Mm. right i think it's you know that that copy that someone buys superman for and you know probably sticks in a perspex box and says this is going to be worth millions in the future is uh you know could be wrong but i think they're kidding themselves they'll get to a point where people just won't care yeah. got no no attachment to it. Um, and the people, the number of people that care about it will be so few yeah. that there'll be so many units around that the prices won't be that stupid.
3: Yeah, you, something's only going to be worth money if there's a market for it. If there's no market, there's no value. So, you know...
0: Yeah, and, and I think my point at the top of the show was you, you came in, your first console wasn't a Wii, it wasn't a PS3, it wasn't a PS4. What, to the kid that's first console was a Wii, and they saw, and I know... The, the full girth on the shelf somewhere. They would have some interest in it. They'd be like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's a console. <laughs> Let's have a look at the graph. Oh, I've got Sonic already. Boom, done, in the bin. Job done, don't need it. Got the Sega Mega Drive Classic kits on my Switch. I'm sorted, pal. Um, it may, then. There's only them that may have that slight curiosity in maybe 30 years' time to acquire original hardware. I mean, it could become like vinyl, but... <sighs> Then a company's going to re-release Mega yeah. Drive game. Oh, way up! Hold on now. <laughs> <laughs> HMV get away with it. Why well, can't we, Sir Mike? Yeah, I, I think,
1: I, I, I just don't see game. Gaming is is one of those throwaway entertainment pieces, almost like movies, right? Like I don't see movies going for stupid money now on the HS. Um, there was a point where there was definitely, I think, during um, mid two thousands, where where prices had increased, mm. but um, not, um, you know, they they've dropped again massively. And I don't think it's exactly yeah. the same with this in gaming. There's no mass, no mass media gets to a point where it can sustain high prices forever, um, mm. and that's I where we
3: are with. <clears throat> it's also awkward as well. I think when you look back at these old games, the companies. Some of these gaming companies have gone. The licenses have ran out. You know, it's hard. There's a lot to piece together to re, you know, do a re-release of something like that. Well, I suppose in the music industry, you know, you know who owns the music. You know who the company will be to print the vinyl. Whereas with a game, there's so many more parties involved, publishers that don't exist anymore to try and get this through. And would would they go through all that? to release to such a limited market i would
1: probably yeah. imagine not you know well look I, I run a retro gaming business that streams stuff right and we've mm. got we speak to companies and we have companies that leave our service because they're just like uh, it doesn't make it doesn't, you know it's it, our lawyer costs are more than giving you this title and like you tried to you try to appeal to these people like look we want to preserve this stuff and let people play it and they're like don't care just really? i don't care if you can't play um, this um Atari um game, ST, that go was, down that road. Yeah, <laughs> Atari ST game. <laughs> I don't care. And the, you you sit there. And it's really disappointing. It's like, well, what are you going to do with though? Nothing. But we just don't. You, you're not going to make us ten million a year. So we're not going to let you have it. But we're not going to let anyone else have it. And mm. so it will just die there, right? So you know. Maybe in the future, future once uh, the licensing rights all expire. I think it's seventy-five years, isn't it, for creative media? That hmm. um, Mickey Mouse just expired, didn't it? Yeah, That's so, correct. Yeah. Um, so Winnie, uh, well, Winnie, Winnie the Pooh did as well. Winnie the Pooh. So you know, at that <laughs> point, um, we'll be able to get our hands on them legally. Of course, everyone knows how to get their hands on it if they cannot. But it would be nice if you could have a genuine way of kind of playing these things that was well packaged or. Uh, presented nicely and gave you more options to do things with them um it's just that for a lot of these companies they just don't care about the legacy Mm. games that they have i suppose we're
3: we're a bit small at the moment i suppose we've got like the evercade they're trying that sort of route and seem to be doing quite quite well through that but like you say as as the years go on there's going to be less and less people nostalgic for that system you know
1: yeah yeah, 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 you know, the only thing we hope is that that lawyers don't become a thing in the future, uh, and so we can go ahead and um, and and uh, share the wonder of these games with everyone without being uh, uh,
0: prosecuted. Mm. Uh, well, you know, in some ways they hold some cultural significance because you know Pong's a a blood daubed picture of a pony in a cave somewhere. Um, And we're at the minute, you know, I don't know what we're doing, probably building a canoe. Um, (laughs) And what the future holds, we don't even know in terms of gaming. Probably something similar to the holodeck in Star Trek. Um, although it's yeah. never going to be that good, is it? Because if it is, you wouldn't get me out of it. I'd live in it. <laughs> yeah. I'm living yeah. in it now. <laughs>
1: yeah. This is your ideal
0: uh, entertainment experience, isn't it? Computer. Yeah. Yes. 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 Build me a sim where I'm like this sort of below-average podcaster. Yeah, boom along. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, That's, <laughs> my, that's my sweet spot of what I want. set it Set it between the 70s, 80s, 90s, and into the – yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's the most obnoxious here in a few minutes. That's what I want.
1: Yeah, well, I can't. probably means that you're huge, extremely successful then in the real world. You just want to uh, experience. Don't play
0: I'm into this. Thinking. Don't play into this power <laughs> dynamic in my brain anymore, Mike. You know it's not right. It's not proper, and it's not okay. Um, <laughs> checks in the post. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, I, I, it's it's amazing with gaming, though. You know, I I do a lot of talks around retro gaming in in kind of the industry rather than publicly, but I you know. I always say you can listen to the first um music track ever scrawled onto vinyl you can watch the first film ever made you cannot play the first game ever made all mm. right uh, it's not easy it's like it's so uh, you can go onto net you can go onto youtube now and watch the first ever film uh that was put onto silicon how do you play the first ever game how do you do it? You can't. you can't. And people don't realize how culturally relevant gaming is, right? It's it's an art form that that expresses a time period that that you know mimics life that was happening um, at that
0: point in time. You know, it's. Mm. Um, but the thing is, as well, every facet of that published piece of media is an art form. The cover art, even the branding of the background of the boxes, had to be designed and drawn by someone and it had to have ascetic appeal to a worldwide audience. The blurb on the back sometimes is almost lyrical perfection. You open up it inside and the same effort's been bestowed upon the manual. This is kids, well, kids would love a manual, something to read on the way back from the shops. It's a world they don't know about. But some of these manuals were works of art. Some were, Mm -hmm. some were just black and white prints of, of drivel. And then the game itself and everything that's involved within that and what's presented at the screen and then behind that as an even deeper level of artistry in the coding and the tricks that are used to make these cartoon characters appear on the screen it's it's probably not appreciated and it's appreciated amongst us but in the wider world it it seems to slip them by as Sadly to say it as you referred to the beloved Switch, the most prestigious and technologically advanced handheld gaming device on planet Earth. <laughs> you referred to it, Mike, how there, you was a toy. Yes. Sorry about
1: that. <laughs> 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 I feel like Let's I've been beaten beat some... heavily there. <laughs>
0: It's okay. It's a long-running joke where I suddenly decided to, to turn around on the spot and become like the Jesus of the Switch. Um, <laughs> oh, seven seven years after its resurrection and death, that's where I rock yeah. up. Um, <laughs> let's put some numbers out there, though, because mm. to the uninitiated, you collect PAL. So that's UK, Europe, Australia, and one presumes New Zealand as well. Mm-hmm. And Asia. And if you're getting technical, Brazil. <sighs> this, is, this is why you cast such a wide net, Mike. I mean, I would probably I just focus on UK PAL releases, but you have focused on PAL releases, open brackets, wide. How many yeah. titles does that mean that you need to hunt down?
1: I don't know is the answer. Uh, and i don't know because i've like you said earlier i've gone down a rabbit hole um i, I, I think i used still to think- say it's
3: around about 900 or something right? or nine years ago i used to say nine
1: yeah I, I i know the guys that's at sega so i work with uh europe's head of sega uh back in the 90s and 2000s i worked with him and and ifuza son who ran japan now I've got—I don't know if I can find it on my phone—but a san told me how many games there were, and there's something like one thousand two hundred and something. He's given me the precise number of standalone Mega Drive, Sega Genesis games. Um, so I've got the 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 number according to Sega, um, but it's—you know—I'm in a point of my collecting um, stuff where I'm fascinated by the history of it, mm. you know. Hmm. There's, there's people that I know that have co- collected the entire collection in a year. And I, you know, that's not good enough wow. for me. That's, yeah. that's intense. That's intense. But I don't know what, you know, I think that when I speak to them, you know, they just want the full collection for a bit and then they're going to sell it. You know, so it's it's almost like, um, it, it feels the co- collection compulsion, um, but has a financial end to it. Um, mine is just, I've just been so absorbed in the history of it um like i love learning about like the fact that um there's some games where the labels are printed upside down and for some people it's just like yeah i've collected that that's ticked off the list but for me it's kind of like cool why was it printed upside down Mm -hmm. uh like i it's i've got this worm in my head which just takes me down these routes and so um i don't know how big the power collection is going to be know i've even put up posts where i've and i've got a video coming out soon about the full ea collection and i put up a post on the uh, extreme mega drive collectors group on facebook and uh i i had to step away from that group for a bit because (laughs) people got angry with me because i put up two games from australia that were not released in the uk but they are pal games and official releases but they've only because they've got stickers that denote that they were released in australia
0: and these people got really like, upset with me. If if I was on Facebook and I saw that group, I think I'd be like this. A more hive of scum and villainy you will not find. We <laughs> must be careful. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> we must be um, cautious. Yeah, so I I don't know. I'll tell you when I finish it. Um, and even then I don't think it will be the real number because someone else could be more extreme than I am in collecting, right? And go
0: down. Mm.
1: And in fact, I and, know there and, are.
0: And and to that end, obviously, along the way, I've mentioned sort of box variants and variants mm. that you've gone for, and you've gone from the upside down logos and you've gone for the misprinted labels, and you you've gone for this version from this country and that version from there, and slightly mm-hmm. different box art, and you're narrowing down these. I mean, you've <laughs> If you're there, Mrs. Rouse, if you need any help with him, I'm a trained doctor. Your signature <laughs> and mine can get him committed because this guy's gone and collected all the FIFA variants. I mean,
2: <laughs> what is wrong with this guy?
1: <laughs> well, look, I, what I would say with my variant collecting, like I said, I collect variants that I find are really interesting. So I'm not just blanket collecting every variant, right? There's for the EA collection. You can there are language variations where some games came with five languages and some games of the same game came with four yeah uh i'm not collecting those and there's other ones where it's like this uh the sonic has a sticker there's a version of sonic where you can buy a different kind of sticker that came Mm, on it right um that that doesn't interest me because that's that's not got any kind of historical importance to it or oddity to it or curio to it right It was just that's what it was but there are um variants out there like the big box carmen san diego or where in time is carmen san diego. Yeah. Uh, you know, that learning about that, you know, I found out recently and I've just purchased this, but it came actually with a watch. And I was like, oh it came with a watch. So I looked up the watch was actually from the atlanta olympics where they produced too many of these watches that had the uh, atlanta olympics stuff on it so they put them out to third parties and sold them off and then they would brand them themselves ea bought a load of these branded them and stuck them in the, the Wear in time as common san diego box but it's it's got all the kind of olympic sports stuff on it oh, now that yeah. stuff i now that stuff that's what i love about that collection like yeah. no not many people would go but, you know, if you're a collector, most people are like, oh, it came with a watch. Okay, yeah, I bought the watch. I got it, put it in the box, done. But I like knowing, I almost want to become, as I get older, that old man the smells of milk, sits in the corner. It's like, old man Mike, tell, <laughs> us, tell us some wisdom about the old Mega Drive days and where this thing come from. Oh, Don't well, do
0: yourself you. down. I'm thinking of a night not too far from here where our pillow talk varies into the regions of you know, <laughs> language variants, Mike. This is... <laughs> To 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 the initiated, and I do believe we preach to those, the the these are sort of very, very interesting. Some would say niche, but certainly to me, as you. Again, does your dadsy look like my dadsy? Because I have that same worm-like brain. I'm I've there's been times where I've been off oh, what do you mean the PS3 got blue top release games? Now I need all of them. And when were they released? And oh, it was only in America, really. But actually, I've got PAL games that have got blue top releases. And uh, and that's recent, where the internet existed. Obviously, the bulk of the games that you're collecting for your PAL Mega Drive sit, exist before the worldwide capture of data, where these stories exist, probably, if, if at all. And yeah. you've got to hunt out snippets of meme machines or you've got to go to the exalted man who smells of milk on a forum somewhere who knows that the brazilian version of this only got a sticker on sonic's left nipple and then you're only a real collector (laughs) if you've got that um one question i had for you in your your quest for the full pal set does we know this includes accessories I threw what I thought was a breadcrumb trail under your nose of the paint tins, the Sega paint tins. Now, Mm. I was hoping your mind palace wouldn't let such a nugget slip by. What can you tell me now about the paint tins?
3: Uh,
1: I came very close to buying it.
3: I I nearly had one of those. You say buying
0: buying it. from Well, it as a collection. Ah, Was it three tins or more? Correct. Three tins. This was told to me as a fable of a (laughs) Mm -hmm. let me sit you down and tell you the fable of the three tins. Oh god. Now were they Australia? Yeah. They
1: were Australian. Um and I you know the thing that fascinates me the most is I want to know why the tins. Um, hmm. Now the problem is with the tins, is the ones that are around. They're the paint's coming off of the tins, right? The, the 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 lacquer of the paint is separating from the steel of the tin, and so they're perishing.
0: It's um, the perfect repro video, though you. Yes, yeah, it is. That's what I'm. You testing different kinds of lacquer to stabilize the exterior. Mike, the other day, I my interest peaked because you you'd attained a special wipe for paper. <laughs> it, it's
1: not I want to cry. Special. This is you amazing. You can get it anywhere, right? In fact, uh, what you need is a pH neutral uh, wipe. Uh, now, pH neutral wipes, uh, uh, you can get baby wipes, a pH neutral. Um, but anything where the, the wipe isn't completely wet. And what you do is you leave it for half an hour and it it, it kind of evaporates and to the point where you can kind of just feel the, the dampness on it. Then you can wash cardboard with it, and it doesn't affect the the cardboard. But the amount of dirt you will get off of that, of 30 years of grime, uh, is amazing. I've got some boxes, uh, like I think I did it with um, uh, one of the games, the Pink Panther game, um, and it looked horrible. Like that a, looked a, better
0: a, faded than the actual proper release, in my opinion. Cause do you some, think so? Oh, right. I do, I do, but what do I yeah.
1: know? Um, but that one i you know it looked horrific, stains all over it p h neutral wipe over the top of it, scrubbed it down doesn't take any of the paint off as long as you don't push too hard on stuff came out looking brand new um but yeah, my neighbor next door he he owns a company that fixes up documents that are hundreds of years old like he's done a quran that's like a thousand years old and he's he tells me all these things there's chemicals and things that you can buy that fix these things up but he's like if you just want to do it at home do this and do that and get a paper press which is just two bits of blocks together rather than ironing paper press it down and leave it for an hour and you'll get a better result and all this kind of stuff but uh yeah
0: wow what what sort of high sort of Backwater place? Do you live where your neighbour is the restorer of a thousand-year-old Quran? And and, and I'm, I'll mentioned living on that street, thinking it's a bit like the Burbs, isn't it? Like what's that guy doing in there with his <laughs> press? It Looks like a is that a spell book or some sort of that's a Quran? What the Hell! And then I look right. Not that I'm use binoculars to spy my neighbours, but and for an audio show, I'm actually doing the binocular eyes. I look to my right, and there's you. What looks like in a like a nineties video game shop but it's in his bedroom. What, 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 what street do I live on? I've got Sky and I watch a little bit of Sky Sports and maybe I watch my son play FIFA on his PS4 and I feel good about my life. Then I look at you two. You two of the most esteemed characters I've ever met. Um, wow. Uh, only in the world of Mike Rouse would his name yeah. be a, a medieval document restorer. Yeah. Back to the painting, sir. Um. why did you let them slip by when you had them in your in your in your in the grip of your hand
1: because another item came up which i equally wanted but it's an item that i wanted um when it originally came out and it was the action chair i knew you were going to say the action chair you go- <laughs> oh my god tonight. they came up literally hours apart from each other
0: you go up the tins for the action chair yeah to the uninitiated what is the action chair and why was it a must-have for your collection uh so the
1: action chair is a controller uh where you sit in it and you lean left and right and up and down and that moves things on the on the screen and it was kind of like a i guess a, a gaming uh advanced gaming chair that in your head was very cool but ultimately was quite rubbish um and uh it was manufactured by a a team of four guys in missouri america and uh, they looked to get it um, officially sold um, by nintendo and by sega they got no official deals except with sega europe who bought Mm. a few hundred units i think even a hundred units off of them uh, it looks very sega though doesn't it 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 does it's i mean i did a, a live stream where i played sonic 2 in the chair uh live stream went on for an hour and a half <laughs> i it took me half an hour to try and roll out of the chair afterwards because my back had crept and i'm just like oh, oh God! why didn't you pick like what's it called
0: thunderhawk or something what's wrong with you well
1: i'd <laughs> well, I, I played thunderhawk and um you know it's it's interesting because the game you cannot you cannot play a twitch 16-bit game in this thing well um but there is some immersion in there when you're you're playing something like um i don't know space harrier 2 and you're leaning left and right you, it feels mm-hmm. quite immersive but the gameplay is you know, like i'm, I'm sift, uh, leaning with my hulk left and right and it's not as fast as pressing a button yeah um, so mm-hmm. as a as a as a peripheral it's um terrible uh but as a piece, you know, as a kid where I was like looking, you've got to remember the Sega adverts had, the, um, had this chair or a, a similar kind of chair where the guy's spinning around. Mm. And in, in your head, you're like, yeah, every movement, this chair's moving with you. Um, and it's something I was just like, I, I want that. As a teenager, I was like, I want that chair. Um, they had one, and it was 100 pounds back in the day in Woolworths, and uh, I couldn't afford it. So I never got it. Um, but now i could afford it and it's the only only time since 2010 one had been publicly available again wow yeah so i I purchased it um it was like i didn't even think twice about it i didn't even think whether i could feed my family um a real month yeah it it had to be done so i I purchased that and just said you know i can't buy the tins at the moment
0: (laughs) george i've let you down massively yeah
3: I think what fasc- fascinates me with your collection is you've got the uh, much, much sought after um, Lakers versus Celtics, um, yeah. which anyone who clicks Mega Drive will know that's, you know, there's a lot of stories around this game. Why there isn't many copies, how many copies. Um, I know you've done it in a video before, but just, just would you pieces go gone just run us through how you got that and the story behind that game because that fascinates me is is you know the history of that
1: yeah so i i'm very lucky okay with my my collecting I'm, i consider myself extremely lucky and um uh fortunate that i find myself in situations where i can get some of these pieces so i paid nothing for my copy um and you know people sell them for about you know well over a couple of thousand pounds um it is a game that was released in america um and you can buy in america the exact same cartridge that was released over here in europe you can buy for about five dollars mm. uh, and what happened was is that ea were what happens is they make the game release it in the states then it would come over to to europe and they lost their license for um nba um, and so they couldn't release it. It was like a, during a renewal period, and so they couldn't release it here in Europe. But what, what EA and most game companies would do is they'd produce a number of copies that they could give to um, sellers, um, you know, Woolworths back in the day, and say, hey, look, here's the game. Try it out. Um, we want you to buy in 100,000 copies, that sort of thing. So there's a number they built, um, and someone found a spreadsheet that said there was about 119 of these, these things made. Um, it's exactly the same cartridge same box the only thing that's different is the manual and the sleeve inside it um and the the license ran out and they couldn't release it in europe and so these these 119 copies um stayed with staff or had been shipped out to shops shop owners who had them um and so it's but, a very rare game. It's
0: controversial p- here but yeah pal set denotes pal release that game never got a PAL release. It's Great. it's a holy grail for collectors. Mm. You're yep. very lucky to have wined and dined and whatever combination of numbers you did to this gentleman to secure yourself a copy. Um, but do you think the... What does the collecting world make of this game in that definition? Is it a nice I, curio or is it the crowning Glacier Cherry on top of the whole surprise?
1: Do you know what, George? I've got a, I've in my video that I'm doing for the full EA collection, I try to define this. Um, and I kind of try and define it as there's, for me, there's three buckets of collecting. There's the standard collection, got a nest of games, and you go and you collect against the this games. You've got the extreme collection. Mm. This is people that go out and get, oh, you know, um, Sonic. I want every cu- version of Sonic ever made, right? And then there's the insane collection. This is someone who's going for every single thing ever made with stickers or whatever else, right? And most of us dabble in the extreme collection with something, right? As as, as a game collector or, or, or as someone that doesn't collect games but loves games, we'll dabble in the extreme. We'll buy the collector's edition and, and whatever else. Um, I would say... Um, that for me, this is kind of like what I've tried to build with the EA collection. Most of the collecting I do for the Mega Drive is extreme collecting, right? I don't just buy the game on the list. I try to, I go a little bit extra because I want to have that that full story, that that history there. Um, and so, you know, for this, I would say that you cannot have uh, Celtics versus Lakers, um, Lakers versus Celtics, sorry. and. And it's not a problem. You would still have a full collection. I can say, i got a full standard collection of the EA. For me, standard collection of it. Um, <laughs> I've got the e, I got the extreme collection of the EA collection, um, which has this in there. And like I said, I was super lucky because I actually know someone who worked at EA for like 30 years at EA. And he was getting rid of a load of stuff. And he said, Mike, I know that you collect Mega Drive. I've got a box with the cover on do you want it i was like yeah send it over i'll have that uh, he said cool just don't sell it um so i promised i wouldn't sell it and then like a day later or two days later he said oh, i found the manual in the game as well do you want that uh and i said yes wow i will take that off your hands and send it to me now i've got to say that this game is going to become cheaper and cheaper and cheaper because it is super easy it's just the manual and just the cover it's super easy to fake mm. That's my worry with that. It, it is super easy to fake. That might like be the case,
0: but the Mona Lisa is super easy to fake. But that doesn't depreciate the value in the. It doesn't.
1: Uh, it, it, you're right, but it's hard to know what you're buying nowadays, right? There's a there's a oh, what's there? There's a I've forgotten the football game. Hang on, give me a second. I need to turn around in my chair. Um, World Championship Soccer Two um only came out on a brown label classics edition for europe and um and the uk but there is a blue spine variant and it is worth <laughs> <You> siko <laughs> i i don't have it i don't have it and i won't buy it because it's only the cover the manual and the cartridge is the same as everything else but it's only the cover and you can print off this cover exactly down to the dot if you've got a magnifying gla- a glass and look at the dot gain of the print you wouldn't be able to tell the difference um so i won't buy that because it's so easily faked mm. in fact i could i could go to a company now and get it printed myself and you wouldn't know the difference so it you know there's there's some things i won't go down and i think it's the same with the the, the, yeah, the that ea game it's um at the moment it's it's really cool to have it's amazing to have. In five years' time, I think there'll be so many fakes on the market, you won't know whether you've got a real one or a fake one. Like wow. I said, the cartridge inside is just a standard $5 cartridge that you can pick up from the States.
0: Mm. We've, we've dotted and dotted around quite a lot of collecting. And one thing I don't think I've seen you talk about or mention in your videos, and maybe one slipped by and I didn't see it, but the activator system. Mmm. Do you have that yet? No. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm trying
1: to avoid buying Genesis stuff.
0: Ah, did it not get a power release at all? Because I remember it being in a magazine and everyone going yeah, crazy it about was, it.
1: it. It never got a, a, a full release over here. Um, so, yeah, I've not purchased that yet. Although I have started to buy a couple of Genesis things. So I've got the Nomad. Um, in the collection, I've started to buy a couple of Genesis games. Your
0: you're nomad. Let us just. Have you sent that away for a full capping, or have you just? Is it running okay? I bought it fully modded, uh, you which made dirty it extremely. Little boy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you. If if Sega had done to this this um this console what these guys have done to it now it would have
0: been the switch back then mm-hmm. um, wow. so i've got don't put too much vaunt on it because i had a ps3 that was similarly fettled and it died so just uh, <laughs> well you ask a lot <laughs> of these old systems and they they just not cut out for the marathon
1: no uh, well like i said i've had I've, my mega cd died a few months ago and it was the one i had from launch and what
0: within that died was it caps was it the battery um i don't know so we
1: i got it recapped it didn't fix it we we played around with some of the circuitry it didn't fix it so in the end what i did is the the chap i was talking to um i took a donor board so i've got the bulk of what i had when i first bought it but i took a donor board and he's he wants the other board As a curio for him, you know, we talk about what what was not working
0: with it. Though was it not turning on, or was it not playing elements of certain games? Just just wouldn't boot, wouldn't start up. Um,
1: Yeah, but he's he's like we talk about games. This guy's like that, but with circuit boards. So he's taking apart every single chip and testing each chip. I'm like, how do you do that? And he's just telling me how he breaks down the registry of a chip to see if it's damaged or anything. I'm just like, well, look, knock wow. yourself out if you want to find out what's going on with it. But he's fascinated with that kind of stuff. Wow. But yeah.
0: Zeno um, Tinder's a thing or? <laughs> Tinder for, for PCB boards, perhaps. Yeah. PCB way. It's a great time to announce that sponsor. Wheel him in. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: wow. Okay. Um, what apologies because I was hoping that the Activator did have a power release and I'm kind of disappointed that it, it never got a, a release over here because I was hoping I would see a video of you ironing the box and then busting some moose <laughs> within a plastic ring while barely affecting anything of the on-screen action. I was poised and ready for that video. Um, <laughs> I'll bet you were. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it Clear it, it will come. I'll, 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 give you
1: a, I'll give you a heads up when that uh, By the time you arrives. get
0: to Genesis peripherals, Mike, you're <laughs> going to be getting wheeled on. There's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be no... And that's not a defamation to your age now. It's just that you've set yourself quite a wide gamut here. Um uh-huh. And and we are still some, some away. So you plumped for the chair over the three holy tins, the holy ghost, the holy trinity of a PAL set, the full PAL set. When and how often do the tins come on the market? Once a year. Mm. Really?
1: About once a year, yeah. I think, you know, they're and uh, the, the, it's the reason why I'm not punting yet is I think interest in the mega drive is going to start waning. Uh, and I'll be able to collect a couple of things that are a little bit cheaper. Mm. Um, I already see it now. If you, if you know, I, there's a lot of places I'm hooked into, but if you just look at eBay, there's lots of people trying to sell things for, for lots of money, but they have been is. up there for almost a year. And then you yeah. look at the actual sale through and there's, you know, the things that are selling, uh, uh, reflect what, what world we live in today, mm. the, you know, the true value. Definitely. Yes um
0: yeah
2: you know
1: I
0: agree you know,
1: people don't have as much money as they used to have it has to go further um people you know the buzz of of uh, mega drive is still there but it's a smaller group of people yeah lots of people have finished collecting what they wanted to collect and so i think um i think the tins the tins will make it into the collection but i don't think i have to pay the price that some people want for it at the moment
0: no okay I mean,
3: I when I I think when I was offered one, like I say I've physically held one, I had the chance to buy one about I would say you met years God, ago. yep, <laughs> about eight years ago. Um, I didn't. Um, it was it was still a lot of money for a painting, <laughs> um, and I and I didn't buy. Sometimes I regret, but like I think Mike's right. That is gonna that is gonna wane the amount of people who want paintings and very rare accessories or. Peripherals like that are going to fade away, and I think that there will be a time when you'll think, "Ah, oh, the price is right; we can pick them up now." Sort of thing. I
0: I kind of stumbled back into game collecting full time off the back of sort of collecting toys from my childhood, and I was enjoying this little hobby because they were a pound each. You could find them at mm. car boots, and people would sell you a game or an action figure for fifty p. Really cool, great. Mm. That was a world I could collect for, and I picked up some, and I still attach one pound value to them now. I know some people go buy a game, or oh, I paid a quid for it, right? Well, I go on eBay, so it's worth two hundred fifty quid. Boom! That's what I'm going to list it for. Like, well, pound, pal, you're either collecting or you're selling. I don't know what. It's a bit of a, a bit mm. of a fine line between the two. But to me, it's a pound. So, it, my hand on heart, if I was to sell it to someone like you, Mike, it would be a pound. It wouldn't mm. be. Well, I've seen on eBay, it's 250 quid's worth a game. No, 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 it's not. (laughs) Mm. No, it's not. I don't know, I don't know. Is this, this? it felt like I was just, at the time, one phase ahead of the comic collectors. They were going nuts on that, and it peaked, so they jumped on toys, it peaked, so they jumped on games. They're still for what feels like riding games, but I agree with you that furore is dying off, and I don't think it popped quite the way maybe some of the investor collectors thought it would do now some people yeah. can fund game collections by doing the buying and the selling and the pricing up and the matching to the modern price and all that sort of stuff and great fair play to you um i have the luxury of not having to collect in this modern era so you know i got away with paying a quid for a lot of my stuff mm. whereas now if you want to build a collection like you're doing you maybe have to pick up four or five games or four or five versions of sonic v knuckles that you can cart out or you you stumble across uh, two copies of oh, god knows what is even popular these days but you know some of those elusive games um that people not mega rare but certainly in the bubble that you can get lucky get it for a fiver you can sell it for 60 quid as an example um yeah. have you maybe employed some of that sort of methodology to get you where you are, or are you just sort of viewing each individual buy as the one you want, or have you been able to maybe yeah, I've, box I've, upgrade?
1: No, I've done a couple of box upgrades. Um but yeah I'm I'm not that savvy. Uh, I think I've did one in my entire life, one deal where I was like I looked at everything that was on sale and went, do you know what there's two or three things in there that I desperately want. I can flip
0: everything else and make back the sale of the price. I did that once. It's the aggro just, of the flip, isn't it? Because you're not remunerated yeah. until you sold that car only copy of Sonic.
1: Yeah. And you know, I I get it. Some people like I understand how exhilarating some people feel when they've realised they've got something that's super expensive and they flip and sell it. Right. Um, I understand that. But I don't I don't get any pleasure from that Uh. equally i've spent a lot of money on some games and people gasp when they see how i handle it i am open it shove it into the console wiggle it around a bit to get it to work and like that game's worth like a thousand pounds no it's not really uh even though i've spent (laughs) that money on it i mean i it's kind of like i've I've spent the money it's money that i can afford to spend and i don't think about the money and it's gone um and now it's just the game um, and that's why I think my collection is pretty much worthless because I don't want to – I'm not selling any of it.
3: Um, but the, the, I don't, guy, the guy I nearly bought the tin of, the Sega tin, He yeah. um, I knew him locally. He, he'd done a lot of dealing, especially in Sega stuff. And he had – this is the honest truth – he had a full PAL Mega CD collection sealed. Oh, my God. A nice. full He was mad on the Mega CD. But it hit a peak – it was at the time when the mega c d was really going well globally in same yeah. c d and so the, the lure of the money got too much, and he was he sold them all off, got the money um made a lot of money on it. some games were going for ridiculous amounts four or five years down the line, he wants his mega CD collection again. He hasn't got the money anymore and he can't afford to buy to get the collection back. So you have that fine line of flipping to what you do. you know what I mean? If you're stuck between the two, flipping wanting the money or wanting to be a collector, that's hard to know what to do. But obviously for you yourself, you're a collector. You're not interested in selling. A bit like me, I would never sell my collection. You're not interested in that side. You get the thrill from collecting the games and the history rather than the money yourself because... You know, certain things you could sell um, and you'd, you'd probably never get back. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that fine line, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think every, I always say, I, you know, I always try to go with this an open mind, you know, everyone is different uh, and no one is right. You just, it's just right for you. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so when I do like, I've done a couple of top tens as videos um, and, you know, it's just subjective. These Mm. are what mine are, right? Um, And and it's the same when I do this full collection videos or full this, right? It's This is just for me what is full. You know, you could have a completely different definition of what's full for you, right? Mm. Full for you could just be one of each type of genre of the sport, right? Mm. So I've collected a basketball game, a football game, American football game, and a tennis game, right? I've got the full EA breadth of genres there, right? So I Mm. don't... um, when it comes to like the financial things, I completely understand how some people are kind of all in on that.
0: Uh, same Even sealed, in a time when games were a pound each, I applied the methodology of getting era correct magazines and either buying the ones that reviewed critically well, a um, bit of a strange era because some games were obviously bought, but yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let that slide. Uh, and then anything that was sort of in the periphery, interesting you know yeah. so like fifa on the mega cd with its sounds for the for the crowd and all that sort of stuff or anything that's kind of piqued my interest hidden gems games that are retrospective have been re-understood and readdressed. and and that to me is a manageable collection go you know i look at yours it's just dripping with <laughs> 16-bit glory i mean you could build a house out of your set, Mike, and keep warm on a nightly (laughs) basis. (laughs) phenomenal collection. One question I have, obviously, to people who are maybe on this journey, people have tuned in because, well, anyhow, UCP have put out a show about collecting a a Mega Drive set and Mike Rouse is in it. Triple bonus, baby. Um, Now, when I used to, what I would call, onboard a cartridge game, it would involve me getting the box opening it up, much like you. I used to... I didn't baggy the manuals. This is before the baggy manual era, so all my... I hate to say this, Mike, but I've got unbagged manuals. That's <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry. I know, it's- but... <laughs> break- I, 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 I'm just putting it out there. You know, I live on the edge. RGT's corpse, I don't know why. Um, I would take the <laughs> cart out. And I would use some you're going you're probably gonna recoil in horror at this, but some surgical spirit was quick evaporation cotton bud, and I would rub the copper connector till it was clean yeah um other side yet yeah, nice give the label and the the actual plastic cart a little bit of pledging get the silicon back in there, give it a little bit of protection give it a a little bit of a sheen then I would take the inlay out of the box, because often they would get a surface layer of dust, and I would give that a a gentle wipe with a cloth, reach in. Oh, God. (laughs) Steady, steady. Reach into the sleeve area and give that a good sort of... (laughs) Give that (laughs) a good... I've only got such a good vocabulary, but give it a good wiping out. Yeah. And then I would then reassemble all of this... Put it on the shelf now, as a mastodon of someone who's probably onboarded more games, and you know, that's probably the wrong euphemism because it'd be about two. Um, say (laughs) I've had hot dinners, is that the correct way? And is that still the way that people like yourself are are caring for, curating, and storing, and preserving and protecting for the future a game, or is there some element of that that has been missed? um or you could elaborate on further required
1: i don't know if there's any rules Uh, the only thing i would say that i do different to you george is that once i've cleaned out the inside layer with a cloth i then get the cartridge and stick it between the clear plastic and the black um piece of plastic there so that the air can get through and dry it before i put the uh Mm. sleeve back in but i do everything you do with my games as well get in there clean it all off wipe over everything um and it's amazing you get the wipe out and it's like
0: yellow and brown but the game didn't um, even look that bad when you um, no. started to clean it what are yeah. you surgical spirit is that what you <laughs> would use or is there another product out there that is surgical spirit damaging to it in any way i just want to make if someone's listening to go Well, oh, i've never done that and i'm always blowing blowing as we know now as collectors is the root of actually all the evil and probably not all of the evil because some corrosion has happened through condensation in lofts and and other stuff but we see the people blowing and as collectors (laughs) oh darling i can't believe they're showing that myth here that spittle on there is actually corroding the copper plate what do they know you're swilling your gin glass around a wine glass you're spilling your fine wine everywhere but this this caring for the copper connectors What's the best way? Because that's where the data's pouring from, into your beloved system. You don't want to yeah. put something dirty in your hole, do you? You want it clean. On, I, uh, I, I like a clean.
1: <laughs> I can't go with that one. <laughs> um, I use isopropyl 99%.
0: So nah. alcohol So what's the difference between, to the average guy out there, obviously when I used to collect back in the day, I would go on Instagram or a burgeoning YouTube very early times, mm. and burgeoning Instagram really. And I would see people using in America isopropyl alcohol. I couldn't really find that here. The closest I could find was surgical spirit. Are they different? Or Is one scented? Am I am I infecting my car? I, I I have no idea. Okay. I just I think I it's a know. lesser
3: alcohol. I think isn't it in surgical spirits a lesser alcohol, really? Okay, right. Yeah. Uh, I think the isopropyl alcohol is like you say
0: it's ninety nine percent whatever, so it evaporates really quick. It evaporates almost instantly. Mm. Um, mm. But I, you know, I heard that as soon as you open the lid, it's pretty much gone. It's gone, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Oh, I mean genuinely, the actual alcohol content, if you're not careful with the lid, can literally empty half a bottle in the flash.
1: You need to, you need to, you need to keep it closed. But yeah, it's, it, it evaporates fast, but it's very good. Something it's excellent at is um, if you've ever got on your um, casing, uh, and you've got to be careful with all of these things, and you've had someone that's left a sticker on, the sticker won't come off and it's left this horrible brown mark and smear if you get some isopropyl on a q-chip it te- it reactivates the glue and then takes it all off and you can completely clear stickers uh with using it as well also if someone's written with biro or permanent pen it can get some of it off it won't get it all off but it yeah. can and lessen that stuff but um yes i i use that um i not because i know that's through some kind of hidden knowledge that is done. I've watched people that have done it and learned from them and just, they've, you know, they've said like, clean your circuit boards with this stuff and it, it gets it all off. And I've not looked into the science ever of it. I just like, Oh Me yeah. It
0: yeah. I have believed yeah. it too, because yes. I do see a conflict. There was a conflicting, it's like talking about some sort of weird medieval subsect of Christianity, but there was a weird subsect of people that said, Oh no, 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 no isopropyl Unscrew the car, which I always felt quite invasive Lay it down on a a, a non-static surface and use uh, a normal ink rubber to cut it off. Now, to my mind, that's actually mm, as soft as the rubber is. There is some sort of form of a, a heavy abrasion occurring here, mm. which I don't like the idea of because it could eliminate a trace. I'd rather sort of clean that up with a really vicious sort of. <laughs> probably slightly acidic <laughs> alcohol because it feels more sciencey to me yeah. therefore uh, go i am correct <laughs> <laughs> i have got some
1: amazing i had some um corrosion on one of the chi- i it didn't work and i'd cleaned it off and i had some corrosion on one of the chip on the chip um on the on the rom and um I was like, uh, you know, I've seen people clean it with this as well, so I'm going to try clean it off. And I got all the green gunk off of it and everything. I was like, it probably not stuck it into the. It's probably not going to work. Stuck it into the mega. I've worked perfectly. Cleaned up all wow. the connectors. And you know, a lot of people that I've I've worked with who do a lot of this PCB stuff, they use it all the time to clean up um, mm. circuitry and boards. And so I've used it. I don't know if it's the proper way. I know that it works yeah um and i've got so many other things that i want to learn about the mega drive collection you know the the inner workings of the pcb i've not got there yet so as long as that works and i feel like it, it's nice and clean then i'm, I'm happy and i move on with washing down everything else and then getting it onto <laughs> the shelf
3: have you ever tried the one-up cards i've never tried those one-up cards Is no so nice.
0: what's that Are uh, they for cleaning the console itself
3: No, they're cleaning cartridges. They're like, I think they're maybe American-based, but they look like a little credit card and they've got a little foam sponge on one end and you buy them in a little set and then you you pour your, I would presume, alcohol or alcohol on the thing and then you rub it in the cartridge slot and it cleans them up. A lot of game collectors in America use them. I'm sure they're called one-up cards. I I
0: don't know, but it sounds to me like they're sponsored by this one-up company to sell you basically a very expensive sponge-tipped Q-tip and some very... Yeah, more than likely. Don't forget to secure your extra bottle of PC clean, clean. And it's like, hang on. <laughs> yeah. The side of it. Isopropyl alcohol, 90%. But, like, what's this? I Gotta water thing, it down.
3: I the only thing with me, when I've seen people using them, it does seem quite a harsh way of smacking the sides of the cartridge case and you're rubbing up and down, you know, and it's think mm, some of the sure
0: sponges that's... that I've seen in these kits as well, it looks very eighties sponge that has that sort of slightly almost shiny abrasive quality to it. That's always made me a little bit nervous about them. I've mm. been, I created my own, um, because I was cleaning all my carts and I thought to myself, oh, I've hit a logic gate here because I'm spending all this time cleaning the carts and they're pristine, and then I put them in this... (laughs) Oh, dear. I put them in this unchecked, unclean, dirty slot. I was going to call it a hole, then for some reason I thought slot (laughs) would be a better answer, but it's not. So I then cleaned that, so I was making sure that even if I got a game that I'd cleaned, it was going in... (laughs) It was going in clean, and it was coming out clean. And then there wasn't any transference to the game and vice versa and back again, and therefore some cross-tamp contamination across my whole collection. Do you find yourself on a wet Sunday cycling through maintenance tasks? Do you have to go and re-Q-tip, or have you got (laughs) maybe... I don't know why that was outrageous.
3: Oh, it's funny. No, it's funny. No, okay. guys, it's funny. It.
0: Do you, <laughs> you re it, the collection, or have you got that to a standard now and you have a certain... Do you advise people who collect physical media like this to keep a certain temperature within the games room? I know you're a man of detail, and I admire uh, you for it. So I've blocked out the windows in the room that I am in so that no sun can get into
1: my games collection. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs>
2: My um, hero.
0: By the way, I, I also make sure my room has minimal sunlight. And, and it's the downstairs it's, family yeah. lounge.
3: It's right. <laughs> not, not actually the sun that causes the issue. It's the windows. It's the glass. Yeah. yeah. It's the glass taking out the UV that makes them fade, isn't it? So you have to sort yeah. of... Yeah. And to be fair, my shed has the windows boarded up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i've got I've,
1: in fact i've built a whole tv unit now that, that now completely blocks off that entire wall from getting any kind of light in but um yeah i i i like to think that i do quite a good cleanup job when i get these games in yeah uh and so there's only one or two games that i've gone back and cleaned because i use it all the time and i'm just like eh, do you know what? it's probably getting a little bit grimy but i clean out the mega drive as well um and so i've got clean connectors going against clean connectors um allegedly
0: i need to come and check your connectors i think uh well i
1: like yeah i rub you know if i'm clean i expect the person or thing i'm going in to be clean um and so it's nice and clean together so i don't get much dirtiness going on there but yeah i don't i don't (laughs) i don't um yeah i don't have to clean them often
0: no consoles of ill repute that that mega drive (laughs) 2 that stumbled into the collection it was certainly vetted before you allowed any of your special specials to go in there
1: yeah i feel i feel like um you know i'm i'm almost like a charity for some of these they they come in dirty sullied they've had a bad life um i'm showing them a new way every time
0: i don't know if you remember this but you a quick youtube search will do this every time i've historically cleaned a game or even if i've brought a ps2 game and i'm the sticker it there was this ford advert where they it was for like the st or the rs version of the escort and he goes into the shed and it's it's kind of a rocky montage so it's this beat up old escort and he goes we're gonna make you great again and it was to the rocky music and he was like put on like a road test and all this every time i pick up a tin of pledge and a, a, a a duster and sit down to clean the game. I hear this guy. We're going to make you great again, like you always were. And I'm like cleaning it. I'm putting it on the training montage and cleaning its teeth with the with the Q-tip. I'm doing all of it, Mike. Do you have a yeah. similar sort of? Is that your thought process? I mean, that exact advert doesn't go through my head. Shame. Uh, so we'd have same, different dads, but we might we have the don't. same mum. Hang on,
1: maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I do sit down there and I'm less like, what's going to come off of this? Um, but I quite enjoy the cleaning up process as well. I mean, I don't know if that's
0: very sad. But- and I think I could probably put my hand on the Bible and say from a collecting point of view, sometimes the acquisition and the cleaning mm. is more enjoyable to me. I'm, I'm saying this out loud now. It's like, do I stand up if it's anonymous? Alcoholics, uh, game collectors anonymous? Do I stand up and say this? I actually enjoy the cleaning and the cataloging and the looking and the researching more than I do actually playing this 20-year-old pile of pixel tat.
3: We were talking about <laughs> this in the Discord a few weeks ago, and I think
0: a few of us had really. Do you preach our to our choir, Mike, or are you like, don't be so stupid, I love megalomania? Uh-
1: well, I, I can say for certain that where in time is Carmen Sandiego, it was more pleasurable fixing that up and making it a uh,
0: complete box. Let than me it is tell you. Playing that game. I got more joy out of watching you clean <laughs> that than you got out of cleaning it. I don't know why I'm rubbing my legs. And bizarrely, he literally is rubbing his legs. I actually am only wearing shorts as well. So there's a little bit oh. of like. Wow, skin on skin going on it's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit, <laughs> bit scary to say out loud but yeah uh, <laughs> on the way in we talked about we talk about the full power set now we i know through watching some of your videos that vicariously you've picked vicariously not by that would be completely the wrong thing to say <laughs> vicariously you've picked up um mega cd and 32x games along the way how far away from are you from finishing those subgenres out
1: oh quite quite far off but those are my um i'm setting those up as my next collection so my goal is to have a full power collection for anything that could be played on the mega drive which includes wow. mega cd 32x and master system Mm. so i i want that whole i said to my wife my ideal is that one day i can afford somewhere where we've got an outbuilding it used to be it used to be used for cleaning out cows and and i've taken it i've built up this massive like museum piece in there and in the center it's got the mega drive mega cd 32x it's got the uh, modem on the back it's got the um karaoke machine by the side and also there's another version of that same setup with the master system adapter and then all the peripherals and games that could be played on it Um, Wow. Mm. and and it's you know set up in a way where i can play because i do like i don't just like collecting i like playing my collection as well but uh that's that's the kind of pie in the sky whether i ever get there or not i don't know but um, yeah that's that's what i'm kind of looking for so when people say what are you going to do when you finish the collection well i was like well i would probably be dead by that point so uh rest <laughs> wow
0: well one thing i've noticed is i've just looked at the time and scared myself about how long we've been talking about uh Well, to be honest, if this show was going on, if this recording was going on to eight o'clock at night, I'd be happy. But I know that you've got family to get to and all that sort of stuff. One request based on the conversation we've had is, I'm not saying you get little Mike out here, but I think there's a a chance here for an OnlyFans. And I would like to submit (laughs) a request video of you creating what a PAL activator box would have looked like, acquiring... An activator from our cousins across the pond who we love very much. Cleaning it up, checking it all, going each end of the pinholes. It's sexy. I'm thinking like two, three hour real time version and an edited sort of like <laughs> teaser video, sort of thing you'd find on a, a local streaming site. Compressed. Yeah. Um of that, you designing it on whatever it is you design these things on. I would try it on paint. i probably a man of your skills is probably using something far more advanced than that. Box images, matching grid pattern work on the back, redesigning the Activator logo to be something a little bit more. Pal, how much would I need to pay you for that?
3: You thought that is a lot. Haven't you?
0: <laughs> I I am literally carrying around the two that, dry
3: the idea, crusts.
1: I love the idea that OnlyFans would be used for video game collectors. No who one said up. it has to be for. It does. Um, that's correct. Vaughan. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe that, that is something uh, I should do. Uh, how much, uh, do you know, I'm, t- I'm a terrible businessman. I'm all about the presentation creativity. Like when me and my wife played um, theme park, um, I'd be bankrupt, but my theme park would look stunning. Uh, <laughs> Are I'd you sure we at, don't at least I'd, have the same mum? <laughs> I'd, I'd, look, I'd look over at my wife's screen, and she's just got shops and pathways and the most efficient way to monetize them, right? Yeah. So, um and and i got this i don't know how much i charge my members at the moment on youtube i would give away for free but the lowest i can do is a is a pound so it's a pound and then whenever someone gets to a gold coin they get sent a coin that i got made and manufactured that costs me more than the subscription fee that someone would have had to pay what annoys
0: me is i I was in day one and put the one pound in but then for some reason failed to deliver the next £11, therefore I missed out on a Mike Rouse bankrupting gold coin that I probably would have given my fifth liver for. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Your you have, fifth liver. Yeah, you can have one if you want. If you're only a month away,
0: I got so many of no, them. No, I did. Over. No, I did one month, and then I checked in with you a bit later on and went, "How's that gold coin looking?" Because I'm dead excited. And you came back to me and went, "You've only paid a quid, so therefore, therefore, ergo, you are scum to me, and you do not get the gold coin." And I thought, <laughs> well, yeah, you know that that that's that's true because I knew the trials and tribulations of creating the coins. Then, because you and get one for a pound felt dirty and horrible. I should have checked my bank account, but. Uh, it was a I would, time.
1: Look, uh, I mean, if you want one, I can send you one. I've got, I've got. I don't want to star
0: presidents for every single. I, got, Tom uh, and Harry I Don't worry in about it. I he got. Said he um, watched a twenty-five-second clip of one of your videos, and therefore <laughs> he wants a bloody coin. I, I don't want to start this here. I've got to earn it. <laughs> I've got to earn it.
1: I got, uh, I got coins where I when they go to the UK and Europe, it's fine. But every now and then, I get someone who's in New Zealand. I'm like, oh god. I've got <laughs> I'd explain to my wife that not only have we lost money on every coin that I push out of there, but now this
0: one's got postage, which is double the
3: price. Again. Yeah, that's 30 quid. To send it to yeah. <laughs>
0: what Mike's trying to say, uh, I don't know what you call him, maybe Kiwi Dundee or whatever, that he appreciates you watching, but maybe you could have an NFT coin instead. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know how much I'd
1: charge for something like that because, I, like I said, I'm a terrible businessman. I'm more about the kind of experience
0: and presentation. Well, let me help you with some market research. Okay. I would pay £20 a month to you to see that sort of activity.
3: <laughs> well, what have you got to see, george again? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm- because yeah. See, that sort of activity. I feel I like I'm going to have to
0: wear loose clothing when I'm presenting this I was well. going to say, Did I haven't, quite got, the to the, I haven't <laughs> quite got to the point in time where I've described it completely, but I've certainly, I think, touched on some of the key points that I'm interested in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. I think wow. we've had quite a rough ride through the whole gamut of collecting, and I, I think we've touched on some of the important touch points, the amount of games That's sort of a conjecture, depending on how serious a collector you are. You can go UK pal, you can go your area pal, uh, you can go as Mike would describe it. And I think this will probably be adapted by most collectors now as the insane um, version of what he's going for. Every variant, every misprinted eyeball, uh, every sort of sticker in the wrong place, every sticker in the right place every different version with languages of different varieties, even a David Ginola copy of FIFA 97 for the Mega Drive, would you believe, yes. is the sort of thing this man aspires to collect. And if you don't aspire to collect the David Ginola version of FIFA, then I'm sorry, pal, you're not a real collector and you're not forcing the value of Mike's collection up, therefore you're dead to us. Um, but if <laughs> if you're out there and you've only got a copy of Sonic, car only, um, you're on the road and it's any amount of time before... Like Mike, you're deciding whether it's nine hundred games or fifteen hundred and, and whether all these different variants count. It's a it's a it's a it's a rocky road. Do you think the Mega Drive is a good gateway system to get people into collecting, or is there a is there a, a system out there that might be slightly more affordable under the radio? On oh, not under the radio, because that would be a strange place for that to live, but maybe <laughs> under the radar, Mike.
1: <laughs> I, uh, if you if you suffer with the affliction of uh, compulsion collecting as I do, mm. um, and you 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 don't mind what you collect, then the modern systems are fantastic. Go into CEX and buy yourself fifty PlayStation Four games for fifty p a pop. Yeah, mm. um, quickest way to build up a, a games collection that are probably kind of quite relatable and uh, and um, work well. If you're looking for anything older then um it's going to cost some money um all all ships have risen with the price of retro gaming going up but um you know there's some people there's some people that want like how do i get into mega drive collecting i said well buy firstly buy the games that you can afford and that you like and then just leave it there if you want um and and go off and collecting no one says that your collection has to be every single game in a certain Console. It could be you want every Sonic game ever made, or you want the first game released on every console. Um, Yeah, that's that's a
0: good one. That being able to collect together. Um, and this is a subgenre I kind of focused on for a little while, is getting the PAL launch games for certain consoles. So you can recreate, unfortunately sometimes, sadly, the launch night experience of bringing the console home, and this is your selection of games you could have purchased from in that window or on yeah. that day. I find that quite exciting, and quite often we'll stack those games up and kind of play through them and think... What, what the hell?
3: <laughs> I, I, I think that's clever how, um, how Evercade have marketed themselves. You know, clamshell cases, they're numbered yeah. cases. So you know if you're looking on your shelf and you've got one to 30, but you're missing number seven, it isn't going to look right. If you're a collector and you've got that OCD, you need yeah. that number seven. So I think they've really hit a, a bit of a niche market there, Evercade, with their... Because you know, people there's a lot of people that like retro gaming, but aren't going to go out and spend a hundred pound on a Mega Drive game, or you know, twenty pound, and then try and get a C64 or anything. But I think Evercade are getting them bits in, and that's quite a clever idea for collectors. Really, I've, I've yeah. still resisted it so far, but I don't know yeah. how long I don't know how long it'll be before I do actually start collecting Evercade. But
0: they know yeah. what works. Yeah, um, they do. a quick question before we hand the mic over to you, Sir Mike. And allow you to sort of remind everybody where they can find you and and how they can contact you and engage with you and and follow your continuing journey of collecting these things. But uh, I want to seduce you because I need a friend, really. I'll be honest. Nothing more than this. I've been circling around the idea of a Panasonic 3DO and a full launch set because something about that is sexy, Something about that is exclusive. Something about that is almost like, yeah, I described the Mega Drive boys earlier that the bomber jackets on, probably a light orange interior to the jacket. They're playing their game, they've got the hair, they've got the quiff. The 3DO 3DO owner, these boys were playing G, GC- having the, these guys were kind of like doing their GCSEs, but the guy getting his A level, also listening to some bizarre jazz spin off, is doing it on a 3D he's playing road rash he looks at us mere mortals if <laughs> get with a trip baby get with a trip <laughs> would you ever swerve away from that mega drive set the Sega set and dip your toe with me arm in arm into something as elitist and as as niche as a full 3do set and and go as deep as you have because the selection is smaller would you yeah. ever consider walking arm-in-arm arm with a man like me through the medium of collecting a full 3DO box Panasonic set? or, or I no. purchased, uh, on day one
1: of launch, the Panasonic 3DO.
0: You were that, that guy. I, you were That's why you were like, yeah, keep describing him as really cool. Elitist yeah. jazz. Yes. Jazz, yeah. yeah he's uh, fine. Galois or something like next,
1: that. Um, <laughs> Rolled
3: up 600-pound in notes, handed yeah. over.
1: While all my friends were still kind of talking, I mean, I still had the Mega Drive and Mega CD, but I had a 30, I had a Panasonic 3DO, Gex, Road, um, Need for Speed, Return Fire. Like,
0: yeah, Return Fire, oh, uh, PO'd. Um, I can't imagine anyone I'd rather sit down and daisy chain with than you. <laughs> <laughs> <Daisy> <laughs> and that reference,
1: that reference is going to go over some people's heads, aren't they? But yeah. yeah. Um, That's
0: only for the elite. Yes, <laughs> only for the elite. That is, mate. That's only for the I, elite.
1: I, they had a great advertising. If it has a three D three D O logo on it, you can play it. And uh, again, like a lot of people, if you weren't born or you didn't play gaming in that era, that's because these games you couldn't play any game on any system. You had to buy it from your region, um, and it was region locked. And so it was a big thing that three D O had region free gaming going on.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah would you no. would you go down the route of the Panasonic or? You see, I would be quite elitist. I would want the four-pillared corner <clears> version <throat> of it. the 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 one. Yeah, I would snub my nose at a gold star. I'd snub my nose at all this other stuff. I'd only want that one. If you got in, if you got deep into 3D collecting, would you be getting the gold star? Would you be getting this, that, and the other, or would you just concentrate on what you would think was the elite pinnacle for that? Would you go as wild as you do with the with the mega drive? Can you help I yourself? I,
1: you know, um I. I never owned a Mega Drive 2 and never played a Mega Drive 2, but I now own a Mega Drive 2. And in quick succession, I then bought a Mega Drive 2 Mega CD. Um, so it looks so good together, they don't, yeah. They? So, you know, like uh, I probably would. So um, I wouldn't if, I wouldn't start off with that because I've got my 3DO, my Panasonic 3DO underneath the, uh, my setup here. Um, I would probably <laughs> get the gold star, um, after I've got a few, you know, a decent way into the collection.
3: It's well, George's face. Obviously, you can't hear it. It's an audio show, but just the awe and love in his face, as you say, as you just highlighted your pen. All the way through, radio. all the way
0: through, I've said, could we have the same dad, Mike? <laughs> and now I look at you and the only words I can think are daddy. <laughs> uh, so that, before it gets any weirder, Um, But be prepared to be bombarded by very weird copies of uh, a loaded uh, variant (laughs) on on the WhatsApp just to prepare you as I try and tempt you into the Class A of collecting, which is the Panasonic 3DO. I have nothing for it, but I've always expressed this keen interest for it. I like a bit of jazz. Um, Please first of all thank you for your time we need to just meet ray and find out what you're going to play but please just Mm -hmm. take as much time as you need to allow people to know exactly where they can find you how they can interact with you how can they can support you if they should want to if they like a little bit of the mic and they want to support you on the journey you mentioned the i don't want to sign too many people up for the coin mike because you'll be selling off your mega drive collection so someone can get (laughs) a coin this time next week but just To enlighten people is where they can find you and they can enjoy because I think one thing that comes across is A, your passion, B, your likability, your fun, relaxed style. You're a person that I could have on an easy listening show for probably 48 hours and then still rewind it and listen to again. I find you absolutely captivating in everything you do. And your warmth and charisma sort of oozes out of every single piece of media you touch. And I want as many people to know where and how they can enjoy that privilege for themselves.
1: Well, they can find me on YouTube under Retro Gamer Boy. And that's where I do a lot of my interaction with people. Um, you don't have to support me financially at all. Uh, in fact, uh, I, that's why I do the the thing for only a pound and give more than I get. Uh, I'm more interested in supporting other people than than getting anything from it, but comments there. I'm also on Instagram. Uh, I think uh, I don't even Instagram and Twitter or whatever it's called now X and threads, uh, under either retro gamer boy or Mike Rouse. Um, and that's where I take sexy pictures of gaming consoles. And I mean, uh, that's
0: where you uploaded the picture of your full girth.
1: It, that is where I uploaded. So, uh, that's where I kind of, uh, like to show off the collection a little bit. Uh, and then, Chat dirty with people that like the same
0: sort of things I do. <laughs> Games off the back of this episode, I'm like, prepare, prepare yourself, there. Like, I've dragged you into the X-rated column, if I'm honest. But uh, all those places, I have to say, the Instagram is a wonderful place to drop by and have a little look at some of the beautiful things that Mike's hmm. managed to Definitely. gather for his collection along the way. And and he certainly, I mean, another compliment. You've got an eye. You've got an artist's eye, Mike, and your pictures are always pleasing on the eye. And uh, if they want to see things curated in a nice way and displayed up there, also a little bit of news of what's coming on your other platforms, it's it's a great place to go. Uh, And I implore everybody, and um, hopefully we can drive some people to you off the back of this. I know a lot of the fans already enjoy your stuff and and happily support you. And we've had some cross-pollination. We've welcomed in Fat Zangief to our to our humble bosom, and we've hugged him tight we've even <laughs> met it in Manchester yeah. when we yeah, did we
3: uh, um, a oh, so
0: lucky. festival up there Poor Matt. he is he's everything you want him to be and more he's such a yep. wonderful man um and a credit to you that your audience is built of people like him and um and I think representative uh, of what you've built. Talking of representatives, um, we've got a character who you once described as a cross between your dead grandfather and mm. a mermaid, Mike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds a bit odd, but that, that was your description, not mine. Uh, and I know that's probably unbelievable for some people, but it, it is true. Uh, <laughs> sorry. And I'm sorry if that's provoked any sort of unhappiness for you, but. That's right. You you went there. Um, <laughs> it's, it's time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot. What's nestled between some counterfeit nappers and a dodgy copy about a friend? All this week, these are the new release highlights for the week: January eighth, January fourteenth, twenty twenty four. Listen, to these are out the digital, or physical. Will be by the time in this podcast in your feed. But it could be region dependent. Springstock, stop. Wow, whoa. Mike, so Mike. Seeing as it's you, uh, Marquis Rouse. How are you seeing Ray and his wayward infant son today? It's always an interesting thing meeting this guy
1: because um, he appears in so many different forms. <laughs> uh, but, but today he's appearing in front of me as Mother Sega. Uh, wow. The, the mother who birthed 16-bit gaming. However, there's a repugnant smell about him. <laughs> Uh, of rotting CD covers and nineties apparel, which actually makes me think that this is in fact a boggart, uh that I'm looking at.
0: Oh, wow! Ray's there is wave of nostalgia there. Raise a bogot, but he's not. But he is. But he's also a woman that's giving birth to 16-bit gaming. <laughs> you can imagine how traumatized I am at the moment. <laughs> and confusion. tell you what. It's not the sort of scenario I want to see hanging around what the placenta looks like, that's for sure. I don't know whether that's 8-bit gaming or whether that's Game Gear or what, I don't know, at this moment, but it could even be 32X, to be fair. Okay, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I want a T-shirt of that by midday. Um, RGT, how are you seeing the illustrious the mulleted legend today?
3: Um, It's looking, him and Wayne are looking very professional, almost like the Blues Brothers, but they're They're handing out leaflets for a new service called Bugstream. So I don't know if they're doing a rival streaming service. I'm not quite sure. but Oh,
0: you know what they're like. Let me Mm. have a look at one of these leaflets. Yeah. I don't know what games are on there. I don't know. The words just disappeared in front of my eyes. I, I thought I was holding some paper and now I look down, not holding anything. What's That's happening here? It's
3: so strange. I really don't know, but I don't know if they'll be quite as successful as what Stream is. So I don't think you've got to worry, Mike. I think
0: that might have been. I think that might. I think, I think Bitstream. What did you call it? Bugstream. <laughs> Bugstream. Sorry. Sorry. It's a real thing. I think Bugstream might be vaporware. <laughs> I don't know. As for what I'm seeing, I'm seeing. I can't be. I'm seeing Ray dressed as Little's version of Gandalf. Oh. <laughs> 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 Little and his eyes are where his ears should be. Wow. And his mouth hasn't been drawn on. And I'm seeing. I'm seeing Wayne. As a bikini clad Goldie Horn <laughs> holding an oversized check for children in need. <laughs> wow. For 10 pence. <laughs> <laughs> <Tons. Enough>, Tuppence. <laughs> enough of that, Wayne. Out the way. I don't believe in what you're selling. Actually, through my side eye, you look a little bit like Sarah Green, but she's a hero of mine, so that can't be true. Let me have a look (laughs) in the boot. I've got a copy here. Ray, you've fallen on hard times. There's a game in here that you've had before, but must have been... Delayed, it's, it's War Hospital, interesting premise, on the PC, PS5 and Xbox Series X, comes out January the 11th, 2024. Take charge of a World War One field hospital on the Western Front and make all the decisions necessary to help the soldiers recover and to support the war effort. In this narrative management game, you're the last bastion of humanity. By default, that now somehow bizarrely wins the if you're ever if you're ever desperate for an award make sure the only game that releases that week then if nothing else you guarantee yourself the UCP Mummy Mummy Award triple triple Mm. triple Mummy Mummy Mm. clean search history (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so by default you've all voted for that Mike Rouse industry legend puts his meat uh, puts his full girth behind War Hospital that's a fact uh, he has <laughs> <his> no <own> choice <laughs> in the meantime we must all pick a VHS mummy mummy pick and then we can release Sir Mike to the wild because we've taken him from his family far too long and more importantly he's, he's not cleaning copper strips if he's talking to us mm. um, RGT what's your VHS retro or pick of any kind really
3: um, I think I'm going to go with after all our little silly antics today I think I'm going to go with a silly film so I'm going to go with Naked Gun Oh, that's a good one. Mm, that's
0: one fun. I wish I'd thought of.
1: Yeah, yeah now I'm I've... now I've got nothing.
3: Go top secret. You can have that
1: one. No, it's too late. You've uh, <laughs> you've taken all the air out of the room with that.
0: Well, I tell you what. Let I'm me help you out. Suffocating
1: on the floor, gasping for air. I'm like gonna come,
0: I'm coming in hard and fast here with a dodgy-looking copy of I Am Legend. On UMB.
2: <laughs> on UMB. <UND. laughs>
1: nice. <laughs> um, I haven't. Uh, you've literally destroyed me. It's not a fight. I it's think, not a challenge. I think uh, mine would be the. Trilogy, Indiana Jones trilogy. However, on playing the VHS, I found out that it's actually a dodgy Indian interpretation and dance section of Indiana Jones,
2: (laughs) not Hollywood.
0: (laughs) Now, the thing is, the danger, the danger for a privileged white man like me, was to then to launch into song of what I thought that might be, and there was humour in that. Yeah, in the modern world, I'm too scared to say out loud so I'm just going to laugh privately to myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Probably best. (laughs) (laughs) With that, Ray's gone. All I see on the floor is what looks like, could be, possibly cotton wool that could have been his beard, but it could have been the stuffing out of his Goldie Horn doll. I don't even know. Uh, That was his son. It's best that he goes. Mm -hmm. Um, People who know the spirit of the show, the flow, and Sir Mike... You know, because you've probably been on more episodes than me by now. Um, (laughs) At least, composant, anyway. Uh, Cognizant is the word I'm looking for. What are you hoping to play for this game in weeks, am I? Um,
1: I'm hoping to play and finish Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um,
0: Christ, you've not messed about, are you?
1: No. uh, Do you know what? I I haven't bought a modern console yet. First time ever I've not bought a console since the 90s on, on launch day. But I'm now finally considering buying a PlayStation 5. Whoa, so whoa, whoa I, whoa. I may go PlayStation 5 this week and, and mess around with its toy box.
0: Mm. What makes a gentleman like you choose the PS5 over its stablemate that could run something as, as awe-inspiring as the uh, aforementioned Ant Stream?
1: um do you know what i don't know is (laughs) (laughs) that because i look at i look at the uh series x as well and what they've got coming from bethesda i'm just like well traditionally i've always bought everything yes um this is the first time i've not bought everything um and i've become a little bit disillusioned with modern gaming um as a developer and that the jump from ps4 to ps5 is not technically anything um it is for consumers but as you know if i think back to when we were doing 3d games for the first time it was all new and then when we were doing gpu games on ps2 it was all new and then what ps3 offered us as developers was like absolutely mind-blowing yeah and then ps4 to a lesser extent but then ps4 to ps5 is like is there's almost no difference for me as a developer and so i it's almost wow it's it's almost tinted my uh or jaded my my consumer experience my gamer experience of moving over to the next
0: generation but can i just say that i'm experiencing exactly that as a consumer i feel like i bought a pro pro interesting a lot of the games that you see running, you're not like, oh, I'm so glad I got the PS5. Now, don't get me wrong. I could break it down and say, actually, there's more enemies on screen. There's more geometry. The draw distance is further. The interactions are better. The buttons feel slicker. I'm getting this dual sense. The dual sense is a saving grace in terms of what it does and its interaction mm. with the console. But, and I, I say, I don't say this, I say this jokingly, but if I squint a little bit, It's The PS4, it could be on the PS4 with a minor cutback in some of the subsystems that if I didn't know weren't there, I wouldn't miss.
3: I think Um, it's a bit similar to when PS3 to PS4 happened. There was that gradual changeover where you didn't really see the difference. And after after about three or four years, because it's happened so gradually, you don't tend to notice. And if you go back and play an early PS4 game now to an early PS5, you didn't think, oh, hang on. There is a bit of difference there, but because it's happened over such a gradual time, you don't tend to notice if you know what I mean. I was the same with the PS4. Hang on, what what happened.
0: was that? What was that Killzone game that launched? Shadowfall was it? Was that the mm-hmm. one that launched yeah. on PS4? Yeah. Mm. I don't want to sound controversial, but it looks better than some of the PS5 launch games. Wow! And it came out on day one.
3: Is that what you're thinking now, though? If you go back and play Killzone now, will you still think that? Do you know what I mean? Is that in your in, in your head? You're thinking it is, but if you actually go back and play it, you'll probably think, "Well, oh, actually, no." At the time, it looked amazing. Is it still as amazing now?
0: well, I guess that's my, what you've been playing.
1: Yeah. I think we, we, we've been spoiled as a generation. We've yeah, seen definitely. huge leaps and bounds, right? And I think for, you know, definitely people I talk to the same age, the expectation is that would have continued. Um, Agreed. But I don't think it necessarily had to continue. Uh, and that's why I'm looking at it and I'm going, well, why is it not a bigger jump from Mega Drive to PlayStation 1? Or, or from, you know, PS3 to virtual reality. Come on, where's the big jump, right? And I don't yeah. think that can happen as it
3: used to. No. I think that's probably the, the whole package as well. It's not just necessarily graphics. I mean, if you actually look at the jump, what we've got now, we've got the DualSense sense which for me is one of the greatest controllers ever made. I think it's incredible. Mm. Uh, it's reliable. I think what it does, no one else really does. I think that's brilliant with the adaptive triggers, adaptive feedback is brilliant. So I think that we sort of forget, we we, we tend to sort of focus in just on graphics. I think mm. there's, you know, it's more at play with SSDs and whatnot. So I think it's obviously a, you get a little bit better on everything that's, that's behind the scenes, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we, RGT, have you told us what you're hoping to play?
3: No, um, I'm going to try and get Halo 2 finished this week, so I can crack on Halo 3, Uh, depending on what happens with the Series X controller. That will probably still be on original hardware, but to be honest, I do really enjoy playing that in the CRT. Still looks brilliant on the CRT. I haven't played the Master Chief Collection yet. I'm sure it does look really good, but yeah, carry on playing with that. Uh, More on me. um, I've sort of got a bit of a wave for the A500 at the minute, so I'm going to be back on there and... Messing about with some old stuff, maybe a play through a Simon the Sorcerer, or a Chris Barry, I expect, something like that. Um and more probably E A F C um and we'll dip yeah, and try and carry on with Star Ocean and and to see what I you know. Um to
0: keep air, grinding but, it out, yeah.
3: It's, it's it's all right so far, it's quite good. I'll just see. I'll just see what I, what I think about and whether I put more time in. But uh, okay. yeah, what, what about you, George?
0: Well, like I said, I'm going to be doing launch game comparisons between yeah. PS4 and, and PS5 now. Um, so to,
3: is my WhatsApp going to be pinging again later, is it? Loads of different shots <laughs> zooming on Pixel
0: counts being I totally think, Yeah, weird. I
3: think you'll find that Killzone actually used this engine and they <laughs> used it in such a way.
0: <laughs> it used the Decima engine, so it would be a great comparison to see how much extra fidelity they've managed to squeeze out of it, to be honest. So uh, now you're like, oh, he's dead serious, actually. Oh, nice. He's put some research into this. This <laughs> <Yeah>. is dangerous. <laughs> Mute phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that wraps us up. And uh, the only thing left for me to say is, Sir Mike, you've been on the show four times. I think you'll probably live in proof of what uh, kidnapping one of your children will do for a podcast.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just a legend like you.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, they're fine. You know, they're fed at least once a day, uh, and exercised weekly. So, you know, they're all good. Um, you just got to get to the sixth show and... Um, We're all good. You have them back. (laughs) Although they've become very much like a member of my own family now. So (laughs) we're doing good on Fortnite together, duos. We're doing our best thing. So, uh, all seriousness, Mike. Thank you so much for even deigning to even once for me. Once this is not working out good for me. Mike, you've, you're an absolute legend. You've touched and created more things in this industry than than people will ever know. And I think you, you don't get anywhere where well, you're a very humble man, which is probably why. Uh, you don't get anywhere near the praise and recognition that I think you, you deserve. So you, I'm quite glad that you're our little secret friend in a way. And um, I enjoy interacting with you every single time. Um, charming guy, probably once the recording stops, you turn to your wife and say, God, I'm done with this dude. <laughs> Next time I say, tell me no. Um, but no, really appreciate it. If anybody wants to get an education in gaming, um, they should check out Retro Gamer Boy on all oh, the different games. Um, if they want to get an insight into your history, um, then I'm not saying we did the best job, but I think we covered quite a few of the touchstones in our first show with you. Um, if they want to get the lowdown on Antstream, then we we've done an episode about that. If they want to see some of your on-the-spot comical genius, then you also graced us uh, and dragged me out of a hole for the Christmas special a couple of years back, which I'll always be grateful to you for. Um, probably my sixth kidney on its way to you. Um, and, and just thank you generally for being an all-round good egg. You support us in the Discord, you you know, you're all over the place just being a generally good guy and an absolute Honor to the industry that you find yourself working in. So, thank you very, very much. Yeah,
3: thank you, Mike.
0: Brilliant. Well, thank you, guys, for having me on. That's it. The pleasure. That's with, I've yep.
3: got. I'm, okay. I'm welling up.
1: I'm welling up with emotion now. Good your eyes look dry so I don't know where that's
2: coming
3: from or pain
0: that's all we have time for this week listeners always thank you for your time look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week until then happy gaming remember there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller it's what you do with it that counts see you sir Mike see ya